guys. Light them up. It's a Cleveland Moto podcast. And, and you know what? If you guys hear all this ambient noise, because we're doing outside. So part of, the, uh, part of our fun with social distancing efforts, we decided it'd be cool to get the podcast outside, get some wind moving around. Uh, Just when yeah. we got the quality of our podcast way up there. Right. And because it's a Friday night in Cleveland and we're in West Park, so it's going to be nonstop motorcycles going by, which I thought would be fun. Uh, and so you know people are going to rev as they go by. It's just, you know. Yeah. There's been no shortage of that already. So it's been going very well. It's exactly what I'd hoped it would be. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Look exactly. At me. Right. And there's a rule that when you pass a motorcycle shop, you have to rev your motorcycle. You have so to. That's just, that's just the way the rules work. Or uh, if you go through an underpass. Yes. Well, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> underpass or tunnels, of course, mm -hmm. mandatory. To my immediate left. Chris Smith. Hey, man. Hey, well, let me oh, go ahead. Ju just say we got beautiful oh, weather here. Trying to get through here. <laughs> beautiful weather today. That's why we're outside. Yeah. There's no rain. It's not 89,000 degrees outside. What, so, uh, what'd you ride, Chris Smith? I rode my Honda Monkey today. Yes. It's a and you know what? It is a veritable barrel of monkeys today. <laughs> so we've got we've got multiple monkeys in the house, which is very fucking cool. Uh, and to his left, Dan Kromke. Dan Kromke, and you rode your Triumph America. Yeah. Rode the rode the beamer this afternoon, Triumph tonight. And that's how you've been doing, is just riding. Yeah, that is exactly it. So that's that's super cool. And to your left? Steve Hofford. Oh, one, one of the one, one of the aforementioned monkeys. Yeah. Yeah. I rode it on the freeway today. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. Oh, shit. But, and both ways, there was a headwind. I don't know what. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was uphill both ways. Uh, uphill you, both ways was headwind. it really a headwind, or is that just the standard wind profile of a monkey? <laughs> no, it's like, I usually I can do like 60. Yeah. And today it was like 52, 53. Yeah. And I was in a hurry. Of course. I should have taken the other bike. <laughs> any of the other yeah, bikes. Any, yeah. of, the, well, any wait, of the other bikes. Let's talk about Steve's ability to select the proper bike for a ride. Right. So okay. <laughs> last weekend we were gonna we did uh, the Steve Noble's Noble Moto uh, uh, the big long one. The big long one. It was 250 miles. Yeah. And Steve shows up on a sort of running 175 cc. No, it was running. <laughs> it was running. It was running perfectly. Was right. When I got there. I think he chose the right bike for the for the first how many miles it was running perfectly. 70, 60, yeah, 70. Well, so, you know, it wow. probably, got, ride. probably got more attention <laughs> before the ride than any other bike yeah, there. Yeah, it did, right? it did, it did. Well, right? your bike, too. I mean, you rode yeah, the Super right. Rock, yep. so. Yeah, yeah, you guys were the stars. But the, the problem was that Nick lost first, like, uh, lost first gear for us, like, 30 seconds. Right. When we first started the ride, I, I got stuck in this false neutral where I couldn't shift into a gear. Uh, and then, so we, Steve and I pulled off to the side and, and everyone went by. And so eventually I figured that out and we went on our way. And by that time, the only people that were left were the BMW club. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we were in a sea of pretentiousness. Right. <laughs> but, and so, no, I mean, it was okay. We were going along good. and they were, they were fairly cool, you know, and we're, and we stopped to get gas and I'm like, we're not, we're not, I said, I can only do 70 and like full out. I can only do 70. And she's like, I'm not going on the freeway. Don't worry. I am not going on the freeway. 30 seconds later <laughs> on the freeway balls out. Oh like, shit. And yeah. so I'm in fourth gear at red line. Yeah. Trying to go as fast as I can. Cause these guys are all pulling away from me. And the thing coughed once I lost my right cylinder. Oh, I mean, oil, the one, yeah, and then I, 
Because we got to catch up with the other people who might be out there somewhere on this 200-mile course. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> well, and, and there was no course. You just you just got city names, yeah. and you had to find your way to all the things. Yeah. Yeah, so it was ridiculous. So I, I pulled off. I got to an exit. I got to a gas station. I took everything apart. I thought maybe the resistor burned up in the boot. You know, sometimes oh, that right? happens. Absolutely. I, I went through that. I switched, I switched boot ends. I cut the end off the uh, Nick Hanapur. Right. Uh, players, I cut the end off the wire, yeah. put it back in, and it, it was no go. I mean, I just I lost half the coil. Or I don't know how the coils are set up. Are there two independent coils in the coil, or is it a, a single coil that fires out of both leads? I, mean, I don't know how. To me, that wouldn't make sense. Why would you? You know, why would it be a dual lead coil? You know, but it could be. Because it wouldn't make sense. Because if the one had less resistance, it would always fire through the. Path right. resistance. It's, so it's got to be a dual coil. It has to be so. a dual coil. If you look at the shape of it, it's not just a simple little small round coil right. for one. If it's oval, it's like a it's oval yeah. shape. Like yeah. there's two in there. Yeah. I think. Right. Yeah. But I can be wrong. It sucks that it's a single unit. So if one side yeah. goes, you have to replace the whole yeah. thing. You have to replace right. the whole thing. So, but I mean, I looked those up. I mean, you can get one for thirty bucks. Yeah, there. they're not yeah. expensive. So I, Nick and I had a discussion, and Nick's like, "I can go home and get." Because this was only like twenty minutes from my house. Yes. Oh yeah. I get my micro car and we'll stuff the bike in the back of my, my micro car. I'm like, you know, by the time you go home and you come back right. and we figure it out, or if you drive me home, I get my truck and get the thing, you know, it's going to be two or three hours. Right. So I just, I'm like, I'm going to ride it home on one cylinder. On one cylinder. It'll still yeah. do 30, 40 mile yeah. an hour. So I took a business car and I tore it in half. Yeah. I pulled the float bowl off. Right. And I, I folded it up. And I pushed the float up so to that shut the flow of gas right. off to the non-running cylinder, so it wouldn't wash it right. out. Right, that's brilliant. So yeah. I'm driving along, and I, I've decided that when you when a two-cylinder loses one cylinder, right. you've <laughs> lost five-sixths of your cylinders. That makes sense, <laughs> right? Because you're dragging along, right. and you're well, making you, compression the other cylinder. I had thought about telling you to like, well, maybe pull the spark plug on the number two, but then it's going to be going. I mean, it's just ridiculous to have the spark plug out. Yeah. So I made it pretty much to like halfway. Yeah. And I had this hill I had to go up. <laughs> and it was fine when I was like, I had a running start. I could kind of like, once I got the revs up, I was okay. Right. So if I got a hill and I had the revs up, I could maintain it. But this was like I got stopped at a red light or somebody like jacking off in the lane, you know, <laughs> talking on their cell phone, like whatever. And so I started up this hill and it's like I got up to like, 4,000 RPM, and that's, and then all of a sudden it started like 39, 38, yeah. 37. I got like almost to the crest of the hill and went And I had so to push it the off the bottom the of the hill the and start again. No, I, there was a driveway. I pulled off. Yeah. I let it cool down. I started it back up, and it was like, I swear, every gasket on that thing started weeping. They all failed at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. So I got it started again. I made it home, and... I mean, I felt sorry for, I hate when I do that to bikes I like. I mean, oh, yeah. I love that. I mean, I like that bike. I mean, it's oh, a, yeah. It, it's one of my favorite bikes because I just like the look of it. I like the engine. I like the, I like old, the Honda's way better than the new stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, monkey. I like you too. <laughs> <laughs> but, say la vie. Yeah. Have you looked at it? I mean, did you look in the cylinder or anything? Like, why, why did the other cylinder stop running? No, it was just, it was loading up when I was going up the hill. Mm. And at, you know, those things at 4,000 RPM, what do they have? Like 
eight foot pounds of torque and you're trying to move my fat ass up a hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so once it started up again, it ran, but it just seemed like it was running really hard. Like it worked really hard. Yeah. Well, is that going to overheat that other one, trying to run it on one cylinder with, you know, I don't know. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I have a coil. I'm not sure it'll work. It's an old coil off my Ural. I mean, it's a, it's from the new optical electronic ignition. So it should, it's a dual coil with wasted sparks. So I'm thinking that it should work. Yeah, I think so. They have, like I said, I bought one for my CB160. On eBay, it was like thirty-seven dollars. Yeah, that's it, what it, I. It, it wasn't a big deal too. So Amazon's got it for like really cheap, but. Nice. Oh my oh, God! Look at wow. this. Wow. We'll bring that out for you guys to have around with us. Holy crap! Holy that is. Um, that's ridiculous. I, I think my wife needs that bike really bad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's. Uh, I thought I'd put that next to John. And to his left. And to Steve's, Steve's left. left. Uh, Johnny Mac. <laughs> what did you ride tonight? Shamu. Yeah, you brought Kia. The, you brought the Sorrento. Well, I had to haul the Tiki, the tiki torches. torches. Right, yeah. exactly. I, like John comes out, he's like, well, I don't want to bring these out just yet because, you know, it's still bright out, and, you know, Tiki uh, torches and everything, <laughs> you know. I uh, don't want anybody to get the wrong idea. And, like, oh, look at the guy in the one wheel. Check him out. Oh, yeah. Woo, go, go get him, boy. Um, but, so it was funny. It's like, Tiki, tiki torches have become this kind of thing. You're like, you know, I don't want to send the wrong message. Right. What message would that be? Aloha, baby. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's it. right. Well, I think we, it's it's the Boogaloo boys. Uh, you know, they ruined all tiki. Things. My, wow. well, it's not. No, those are Proud Boys. So the Proud Boys ruined the tiki torches. Okay. Gotcha. So the Proud Boys ruined the tiki torches. The Boogaloo boys ruined the Aloha, Aloha shirts. shirts. Right. And I just to let our podcast listeners know, I do identify as a proper drug-taking, self-deprecating boogaloo boy. I mean, that is, I'm going to say, that's where I come in. If you want to look at the map of social arrangements, where am I on the spectrum? Yeah, I'm not out, I'm not going to be the guy who's going to be like, I'm going to make sure I'm the best libertarian anyone's ever met. I'm not going to go out and vote for Jorgensen and pull a nader, you know? <laughs> yeah, um, really. I'm, it's too important for that, right? But it is a very interesting thing because I definitely identify more with their sort of social line than anybody else. That's the closest to where I am. But there's always naturally. one. You're like, okay, okay, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah. Oh. oh. And that's exactly what happens. And you're like, you guys are on the money. And then something happens and you're like, fuck. Yeah. But it is true that any group, anywhere, when somebody does the like, I'm going to be a radical piece of shit, but I'm going to identify with that culture. Yeah. And again, that's how you end up. You know, so you're just like, I don't, all the Catholic priests in the world are probably amazing people, but it didn't take many to ruin that thing. Right. <laughs> so it's now it's kind of like, you know, the guy comes out and he takes his, takes his collar off and everything else because he's going to wait until all the other Catholic priests get there until he puts his collar back on. Right. Right. Just like with the tiki torches tonight. It's kind of, uh, there was a time when I was proud to be able to tie a real proper 13 tie noose. Oh, God, I don't think yeah. I'll be doing that anytime. I've got soon. several not, nooses I, 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 in my like, garage that were tied just when I learned as a Boy Scout, when I learned how to tie a noose. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, well, it's it's a knot that you learn. And of all the knots you can learn, that's the one that every teenage boy is kind of like, haha, check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I so. was always, you know, it's always for me been like either Halloween or hang them high, you know, watching Western movies Whatever. and stuff like that. But I get it and I will be sensitive. Uh, apparently, to that issue. all of my nooses were broken. 
because none of them did anything when they were in my garage just being nooses, being creepy Halloween. Nooses like, or nieces? Nooses. Well, my niece <laughs> takes exception with your... Uh, uh, with your, with with your assertion, you right, exactly. My, my niece and my, my noose. <laughs> nooses. Yeah. When you have more than five nieces, it just becomes a noose. Keep the nooses in the dungeon. Nieces. Yeah, right, exactly. The, uh, and well, when you do find the noose, like, and you're like, oh, my God, there's a noose in the drawer under his bedroom, under his bed. That's a different kind of noose, I assure you. <laughs> that's, that's a noose tied with In the love. back of the sock drawer. Right. In the <laughs> sock drawer. Oh. Yes. You know, it's a noose, but it's made out of this really soft rope. It's really yeah, nice. Yeah. Boat Silk. line is very silky, yeah. And there's a plastic bag with it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, boy. And glue. Right, exactly. I can't imagine what's going on. And why does he have tape head cleaner? Why does he need videotape head cleaner? What's going on with this guy? What is he, doing a lot of AV cleaning? Yeah. Building a lot of... What is this ammo nitrate? What is this? I don't know. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you got it. And, I mean, to his left... What the hell is that? The ape hangers on an FLH. <laughs> so it is one of those things. You have the FLH, which the whole spirit of the FLH is it's just kind of like low and long. Yeah, and, and, then you have the... and then all of a sudden it's like... 26 apes. I need 26 yeah. inch apes. That's exactly what I need right you now. You know what you never yeah. see on a long ride? A bike with 26 inch <laughs> I do have a couple of my friends that do ride long distance and they really? swear that the like 16 or 18 inch ape is the perfect handlebar. But legitimately, my hands go numb. Are they riding turns? Yeah. Like, like, but, like, <laughs> but legitimate, like my hands are above my heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You so, know, I, I heard that if your ass is on the seat, they're right. too short. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true too. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I, I gonna say if your ass is on your seat, you just keep reeling them back, you know, yeah. because it is. It's everybody's taste, and I've ridden a lot of customers' bikes that have apes on them. Not as bad as that guy's. You yeah, know, that, right. that guy's. That guy was setting the standard. Right. But yeah. Nick Devito and I rode the Suzuki Bandit because because the well because I ran out of time. I was gonna ride the, the Superhawk to compare it with this one. Oh, but, okay, yeah. But also my Fiat's dead. Yeah, your Fiat yet is, again is again dead. It is uh, the hardest working Fiat. Yeah, uh, it, it really I sucks. Your fiance died. <laughs> no, no. That's why he's in such a good mood. Know, he's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> it just sucks because because I, I spent all this time replacing the clutch, right? And I, so I had the transmission off and and had it all torn apart and put it all back together, and I was so happy to 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 have it back and, yeah. and be able to drive it. And, and you're autocrossing that car on the regular. Well, I, I, I guess I shouldn't have rally crossed it. Rally like, crossing the week it, after yeah. I put it back together. Right. Uh, I mean, ra- auto crossing it's one thing, but rally crossing is a, a totally it's a different bit animal. On yeah. The car. Uh, and is there a fellow out there with the Ford Transit Connect? Yes, yes, there is, and he uh, he consistently wins in a Ford Transit Connect. In, in my class. In your class? Yes. So Jesus Christ. That's not great. Does that just that's say how, how much worse the competition is? <laughs> I love the fact that the guys, the guys, and he's rally crossing that transit connection? He's rally crossing it, yeah. Wow. Is then it, again, then again. And every, does he stop every, to deliver plumbing supplies as he's going along? <laughs> yeah. I looked in the back of it. It was oh, it was completely empty, yeah. which I think is some, some of the reason why he's so competitive is it's almost like a Ford Focus drivetrain. It is, yeah. Uh, but with less weight because it, not, it doesn't have back seats. It doesn't have, it's just an empty shell. Yeah. Uh, he fills with helium, too. <laughs> yeah, right. That's true. So uh, I will say that all of my competitors have significantly more horsepower than I do. Yeah, they, um, yeah, they would. But 
their cars are also in one piece currently. Probably. We have your new rally cross car right here. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, I the, went for a ride in your car with you the one time up to Dunkin' Donuts, and yep. I was like, get on her there. And he's like, uh, <laughs> I am. Uh, there, there, That's there, getting on her there. Okay. Yeah. The, uh, and go ahead, Steve. Me? Oh, uh, I rode the Super D because a lot of my plates expired, and I have oh. to try to get to the plate place, and right. I haven't been able to, but this one still has a plate, so I rode right. that. And me and Dan learned a very important lesson last week on that ride. So we, we got to a group early on, which they were kind of with us, and then they dropped off. And it was like, do we leave this whole group? And it seems yeah. like they're together, and they're like, all, all right. right, we'll go. So we stayed with this group. And okay. We're going. And so we rode, I don't know, 150, 200 miles, a long time with the guys. And they were all cool, really nice guys. Yeah. Everybody, Our group was all right. Um, but on the way home, we couldn't decide. We're like, we kind of wanted to continue to ride back roads. And those guys were like, I think we're going to take the highway. And so me and Dan were like, all right, we'll just go on our own, you know? And then next thing you know, they're like, no, we'll follow you guys. We're like, okay. So all Dan right. goes and hangs right. And the road that we're going to go down was just like four inches of gravel and 20 miles long. <laughs> oh, shit. And so we kind of slowed down and we looked and they're all stopped. Right. We're kind of waiting and waiting. We're like, fuck it. So we just kept going. And what were you riding, Dan? His America. Oh, your you know, Triumph. Yeah. 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 It, Which has no ground clearance. No. Yeah. But I mean, it was, just, bike. It was right. gravel. It wasn't, <laughs> bike. it wasn't like ungroomed, crazy. Where's this gravel? Right. Yeah. yeah. Nobody followed. No. You guys were on your own at that <laughs> what point. What was everybody else riding? All kinds of bikes. Everything yeah. from an Indian Chief to uh, a Z07 to... Uh, okay. But all modern, reliable shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Stuff that like anybody should be like, well, let's not go fast, but I'll follow you. Right. We'll no. swim through the gravel for a while. They wouldn't even go on the road. They stopped before the gravel. Oh, started. they did. They were uh, not having any. Oh part of it. man! So how long was your uh, sojourn on the gravel? Probably like, what two two miles, two three or three miles. miles. Yeah, 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 just right. a little shortcut to five fourteen. Okay, yeah. 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 But it was really it was not anything, you know. Yeah. And and it's just like wow. So now I know that if I'm ever with people I don't like, right? Yeah. Just find <laughs> that's the how you do it. Just find the gravel road, <laughs> right. and they'll all fuck off, fuck and you'll up. be great. Yeah. We had a macadam like what was it a build up or like a macadam road? Yeah. And they, I was I was I mean I rode dude I had to slow down though because when you're riding on forty year old tires exactly that are like two pieces of wood yeah. There's no, like no gripsion at all. No, and, and you're on like chip tar. Around, so. No what? Gripsion. 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 Yeah. <laughs> Gripsion. It's There's like when your forks get stiction. Yeah, we get stiction. We know all about stiction. Yeah. It's when your forks are almost forking. Yeah. <laughs> They're fork. nearly forking. The uh, it's, it's where you press down on the fork and it's like nothing, nothing, nothing. Then it lets. Then go. it drops out. Right. Exactly. You're like, okay, that took 20 pounds. Yep. Well, you know they had, and I don't think I don't know if your bike has this problem, but the after 2017 or 18 Africa Twin had a whole thing about the front forks. Oh really? Where the inside, they um, they anodized the inside, and the okay. anodizing was wearing and causing stiction on them. Galling. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of guys were getting kind of pissed off. Like, hey, I paid 15,000. Oh yeah. For this bike. Of course. 20,000 miles and my forks don't work. And we talked about that in other podcasts where a lot of companies that send their work outside for plating and they're applying either anodizing or diamond-like coating to these things and they're failing. And these diamond-like coatings don't always work right. or they suffer a very short life cycle because the idea behind diamond-like coating is basically cheating. It's trying to say we're going to take rolling resistance down to an impossibly low number. And it had better work all the time because we based everything else in our entire cam system on it. So because the metal behind that diamond-like coating is can't not take diamond. that kind it of friction, soft. right? And so rather than putting a really, really hardened steel in the cam, they use a shitty graded steel, but they DLC it. 
And so many cars have had this problem, many motorcycles have had this problem. And it's like the whole idea behind diamond-like coatings, I tell nice people, out. yes, diamonds might be the hardest substance on the planet. However, they're also fragile. You can be the hardest substance on the planet, but still be fragile. And in many of these situations, if you allow any corrosion to happen oh, yeah. on the steel part that runs against the DLC, then that corrosion on the steel part, which is a good hardened steel part, like a roller rocker bearing or, or roller rocker or something, then that's that corrosion on there becomes incredibly abrasive. Well, when you look at the, the idea right behind through. like a bronze phosphor bushing, yes. it's not hard. It's yeah. smooth. It's it, super it, smooth. It's slick yeah. and it, it wears yeah. and that's what protects it. That's what keeps it alive. Yeah. That's why when we, like, when I spec pumps, I spec uh, like Nyhard or right. like high chrome. So the whole impeller or the whole volute is made out of high chrome. Right. So the if it wears, it wears evenly. It wears no evenly across the components. Yeah. And chrome is incredibly, this is unrelated, but I, I tried to turn down a, a chrome plated socket right. in the lathe. No, it's. And it wouldn't touch even it until shitty I chrome it off. Is and, very durable. Yep. Yeah. Very yeah, chromium steel and, and industrial hard chrome plating is even better. So uh, it does really make things last a really long time. Chrome is actually clear, too. Right. A lot of people don't realize that when you're seeing the shiny silver, yeah. that's the polished metal under the chrome. Right. Yeah. That it's actually a clear coating over top of shiny metal. So hexavalent so chrome causes cancer. So what you're saying, all you guys just said, is everything I've ever heard about that one girl that could suck the chrome off a trailer hitch, it just it wouldn't happen. <laughs> no, probably no, not. No, no she's really talented. <laughs> that, that, she was running around Moto Guzzi guys for a long time because somehow they did lose the chrome lining inside their cylinders <laughs> in some of the Moto Guzzi's. Um, and she got that from the inside out. Yeah, that's even... So that's power. Straight through the tailpipe. Straight through the tailpipe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she got, sucked the chrome off a Moto Guzzi cylinder from the outside in. <laughs> yeah. Well done. Yeah. Uh. You are... You're a legend. Uh. So I... Uh, your humble narrator, Phil Waters, and today I drove into the shop uh, a Daihatsu Mira Avanzato, Avanzato TRXR. That's the whole car's nomenclature. And what that is, is a 1995 Japanese K car that has a four cylinder rocking out. Uh, that is the coolest that guy is ever going to be. And he needs <laughs> all of that. Uh, the moment he was on the Cleveland Moto podcast. Yes, right. he, well done. And he's Funny, on his way to Smedley's right now. Next week. Yeah. He's like, my God, I'm on the podcast. I saw these guys recording, so I turned my I, I turned my Skinner up a little extra loud. They should I, call Smedley's Covidly's. Covidly's. <laughs> I can't believe that guy had a helmet on. I know. Well, that, again. That, yeah, was, that right. was amazing. Yeah, that's true. It's yeah. weird how often I still find myself mourning the West Park magician. Like, oh my God, yeah. I, for whatever reason, I just think about that guy every we day. We talk, how bad uh, I don't I'm know like if you guys coming. know this, but right when a lot of this stuff started happening in the summertime and people were going out and having backyard barbecues and stuff, it was 4th of July weekend when not but three blocks from here, there was a backyard party and uh, a kerfuffle happened and a guy that we all know and love was uh, shot. And took around to the chest. Took around to the chest. So uh, two people shot, one died. And uh, credit for shot placement. But he was our he was our magician. He was our official magician at Smedley's Bar, who would just come around and just perform fucking prestidigitation, sleights of hand. Buy him a shot, throw him a few bucks, you'll see something amazing. And you will legitimately straight up. And even when he was like late in the night, he was still amazing. So he could well, that, the one night that you guys got 
um, funulated. Yes, we had fun. <laughs> he yeah. was there, right? Oh, yeah, he was there. Yeah, he was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was great. And I kept give, buying him drinks and giving him money to, to perform increasingly difficult sleight of hand tricks. <laughs> with, you know, he's like, he busts out a Svengali deck, and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. And then he busts out, like, just a regular card deck. And you're like, oh, no, he's really good. You know, he doesn't need all the cheat shit. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I <laughs> And you got the... What's that? The band was like your jukebox. Oh, I love the jukebox. Yeah. We started were just, yelling We were just yelling shit to the band, and the band was like, yeah, we know that. <laughs> and it was like, wow, this is good. These guys are amazing. Play hot for teacher! And, and then it came on, and we were like, this is great. This isn't charging me Wait, a we got, we got the drum, we got there the we drum go. solo there. Yeah. Oh, he barely oh, got that going. Almost year, stalled out. He almost Second stalled year. that out. Because yeah. that 108 cubic inch was not yeah. necessarily enough. <laughs> His passenger did have excessive tonnage. Well, she Another case where, where he could she could have used a couple more inches on that yeah, one. Could it might have been. So yeah, I've been driving this. I picked this thing up in. Uh, I picked up this Daihatsu in uh, Maryland. This came in from Tokyo the other day, and got to go out and drive out and pick it up and pulled it out. And because it's a turbo car with an intercooler, so this car's build sheet is hilarious. An intercooler the size of a lunchbox. It is, and it does have a functioning hood scoop, and. But the funny thing is, it has power windows, power mirrors, and the, you press a button, the door mirrors fold in. The car is four fucking feet wide, people. It is a K car. There is no point where you need to fold the mirrors in. And if you did, your hands could reach both mirrors. You don't need an electric motor to do it. But 25 years is old as hell, press the button and those mirrors snap in like nobody's business. The power mirror, the power windows go up and down fast. This is a well-built little car, 660 cc's. So it is not a powerhouse, but fucking driving it is hilarious. It is like, it was like if you mated a Jack Russell Terrier with a bear. <laughs> because the idea is like Jack Russell Terrier is far too small to, to ride, yeah. but a bear is the right size to ride. Yeah. <laughs> but if you mix a bear and a Jack Russell Terrier, Sometimes you get something the size of a bear right. that acts like a Jack Russell Terrier. And that little thing, I was going around picking my, got my titles today, ran through North Olmstead, and every time I left the light, I'm at turbo flutter <laughs> and just chewing through what's left of these shitty tires. Oh no. I'm a Sparco, I'm a Sparco 13 inch wheels, you yeah. know, so very fun, tiny little car, but remarkably roomy inside. I was about to say, that's the only one I've seen you buy or have. Yeah that looks comfortable. Normally the K cars and K trucks are like this yeah, yeah. inside. Coming in hot. And thankfully, there you go. Oh yeah. oh yeah, there you go. And that's why it's fun to do these outside. Yeah. yeah. Friday was, night in Cleveland on the west side. Yeah. There was one pair of long pants and one helmet between five Yes, there bikes. were. Five people were sharing one pair of trousers. He's like going to the aquarium at the squid exhibit. <laughs> I like the way the guy on the Suzuki C50, that's 800cc Boulevard yeah. Replica Harley, had everything at stake. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to launch and I'm going to make. And the, meanwhile, the three guys on sport bikes were like, look at him go. Yeah. Yeah. He's the, he's like, he's like, if I fall at 10, I want to die. Right. That's yeah. why I don't want to have any. Type. He was game on. That he guy had was shorts. Oh, here's the, the oh, the yeah. Geo Metro. Yeah. Woo. Love that. That's nice. Not joking either. That's beautiful. 
we're, we're literally, this is the, this is the most Camaro <laughs> podcast ever. We are shouting out to a Geo Metro convertible. But wait. With the tonneau. But it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Oh, yeah. It's got the weird triangle that, wheels and everything. That, that, got, that got embarrassing after about three seconds. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> then he thought we were making fun of her. No, no, there. yeah. But right. he's like, this no, these guys really situation. do like your car. <laughs> yeah. And one of them might blow you. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time anybody's ever been blown because of a Geo Metro convertible. <laughs> ever. Yeah. Nick would not blow them. Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it sounded like an auto, though. So it might have to hold yeah, back right, on that. Right, right. Yeah. Maybe just a... Yeah. Not going to bust out a rusty trombone for a guy with an automatic. The, uh, but yeah, so I've been driving that around. It's a hoot. So I sold the bike today. Oh, really? What kind sell? of bike did you sell? I think we should play the game. Okay. It's one of my personal bikes. It is oh. not a shop inventory bike. Hmm. It is a personal bike. Well, I don't, I'm not really versed on what you've been marketing. Right. Really, exactly. So. But, but this one has haunted the shop for a little while. And... Let's start the game by Harley. saying... Well, the GB500 is still in the window. The GB500 is still in the window, so we're safe. The Harley that you did your testing on? No, nope, still there. Okay. Still there, yep. Um, I will give you this. It's 650 cc's oh. versus... No, but I'd be really happy if I did. Yeah. <laughs> He's still got two of them in there. Three. Uh, what Three. do you Three have versus. that is 650 yeah. cc's? Yes. <laughs> You don't still have an XS650 anywhere, do you? No, I don't. Okay. Honda's, you don't have any kind of CB650 or anything like that. No, no I don't. Nay, nay, Steve nay. paid you for the trans out. 650 really? No. Oh, well, yeah. That's a 600. That's, That's a 600. 600. And that went away a while ago. So what yeah. make, what make, okay, who makes a 650 that you could have sold? Let me give you another clue. It's green. Oh, Kawasaki. Yeah. So, KLR? Yeah. So that big ass the KLR I got that had 300 mi or 500 miles on it, um, first year of the new body style KLR with no miles on it, and then I got all the uh, yellow, all the yellow SW Motex crash, stuff. Crash bars. I got all the twisted throttle. Yep, from twisted throttle, and I put all that on, and so that was all on it, and then I did. Um, all LED. kinds of lighting. I and did stuff LED upgrades. lighting on the handlebars and I did LED lighting on the fork legs. That but did it. The bike was very well illuminated and wasn't advertising. It wasn't trying to sell it. I've ridden it five times. I rode it. Ooh, I rode it by the uh, on the road, the service road along the railroad tracks, just to see what it was like. And the factory tires they put on those things are deadly. So the bike had less than a thousand miles on it. And I took it on that off-road section. I think what you're going to find is no matter what tires you kind of put yeah. on those, they're not extremely. And so I had ridden that along that railroad track road. I've done that railroad track road a lot because that's on my way home. So I can get I can get off at Clegg Road, jump down to the railroad tracks, and then ride the, the service road along the railroad tracks all the way to Route 83. And, you know, it's illegal as fuck, but it's fun. And there's quite a bit of terrain back there. Plus, so. Clegg is the best word to say. Clegg. It's a good Scottish word. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. It, yeah. it hurts your face. C-L-A-G-U-E. Wow. Yeah, Clegg. Clegg. It's a proper Scottish word, yeah, I think. Yeah, one right? wheel. All right. Dude is owning it, too. Nice. With lights. Headlights. Yeah, yeah it's got headlight and taillights. Those one wheels are fun. Yeah. But of course, when you eat shit, it's all your face. Right. Yeah. yeah. You're like, you're lucky for the face because if you land on the back of your head, you don't remember anything anymore. Well, yeah. he has plenty of beard to protect him. Right. That's <laughs> right. He has extra beard. So he's a beardo. 
totally weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of, but based on his based on his attire, I bet you he's a U.S. military veteran, and he's that's probably a boog beard. So that's probably a, tac- a boog appropriate. Oh, there you go. Beard. Check this out. There you go. Oh, oh wow. Side by side. Oh, that is baller. The best way I can describe it is that it's a handicapped scooter for two people, side by side, yeah. with a full over-the-top windshield. Not handicapped, mobility. A mobility with, scooter. With the, with, the, with the don't step on the snack. It looks like it a big have, cooler on the back. Do not step on snack that is, side. That is 50% of a K car. That is 50% <laughs> of a K car. <laughs> Equal power. Yeah, right. Power to weight ratio. Look on at the money. And, and, and sidewalk sky. legal. Totally sidewalk legal, apparently. And just barely Lake Erie has the number three sunset in the world. Yeah. This sunset right now is cotton candy. I want to have to go and turn the camera real quick. And Piper calls, yeah, this, uh, yeah, Piper calls it rainbow sunset. sky. Gorgeous. Wait for the green flash. Beautiful sunset. You know, people have the aurora borealis. We have pollution in the air that makes beautiful colors from Detroit. Sometimes at the end of the sunset, if you watch it, like if the lake's perfectly flat and you're out there sailing and you watch the sunset, there's a green flash green right flash. at the end. Huh. I've been watching them since I was a child. I've never seen the green flash. I yeah. think it's hokum. I, always I don't know. I've, I've Are you never calling seen Steve a liar? I've never seen it. No, oh, he's never seen it either. I've oh, never right. seen it, but they say it happens. There's a beer called Green Flash. I've drank it. Huh. You know? So yeah. it's a it's a thing that people say exists. Right. Exactly. Well, they say like that the lake has to be perfectly flat. Oh, yeah. And at the last like millisecond that the sun goes down... There's supposedly a green flash. Huh. The lake has been insanely flat this year. Right. We had went remarkably good weather here in Cleveland for the corona. We just went and watched a uh, you know a sunset. You just don't realize how quickly from the time the sun hits yeah. the water yeah. till the time it's, it's gone, gone. It it's like yeah, it doesn't we take. We usually very long. go out paddling, but, and we leave my house. I, I usually get home from work at about eight thirty or so, and between eight and eight thirty, I tell my wife, I'm like, I'm on my way back be ready to get on the water because it's about probably a 900 feet or so from my house to the lake and so we'll just grab our pfds and our oars and stuff and we keep the, the canoe and kayak chained up down at the uh woodland beach peggy noted that you are not wearing your life preserver as um, merit does so so you're relying on her as being your flotation device no peggy i wear what's called suspenders Oh. So I have a CO2 inflatable belt. Oh, okay. So, so, you ha- are you so if I experience any stress, I just pull a little handle like you like you would. <laughs> pull a handle. There's a little handle. Are you wearing those now? <laughs> no, not at the moment. Okay. But I wear, I, you pull the little handle and the CO2 cartridge inflates the thing. So this way, you, you, it's, it's, it's super light. It's well, Coast Guard yeah. rated. I will yeah. correct her the fuck. I will correct the fuck <laughs> out of her on that one. So, I once took a girl on a date and told her to pull a handle to oh, see if God. it would get a little fatter. Yeah, yeah, see if it inflated. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know if I t- ever told this story, but I was yeah. out in, in the fall at the camp in uh, New York. Yeah. And I was getting ready to leave, and uh, the, our partners at the house were there. Slingshot. And I we had oh, another. Not slingshot. I had a, oh, my God. That guy looks like a tit. <laughs> oh, my God. I Can-Am spider. Say, sorry, I have to no, shame somebody. <laughs> so that guy oh was wearing, riding a Can-Am spider. And he's riding one of the newest Can-Am spiders that's like the, the eco-touring version. It's like they lowered the price, but they got bags on it. Yeah. And the whole back end looks like a Honda F6B. Wing like or a 1300 ST 1300 has yeah. those same kind of bags. Yeah, but the, yeah. the back of it looks like an F6B. Okay, but then the front of it looks like that you ran up back on you ran up on a snowmobile snowmobile yeah. real <laughs> fast. Yeah. But the dude was wearing a micro <laughs> skid lid, like it looked like 
it looked like an IUD, like one of those cervical, cervical cups. I was going to say cervical cap. <laughs> yeah, he was wearing one of those on his head, and he already was a big fat person. And he had a matching shirt that matched the bike. It was and all white. He did, yeah. And yeah, he did. He was wearing, like, he looked like the Michelin Man human analog. Yeah, like, you say awful. dogs look like they're people. He looked like his tires. And, and I'm going to try to remember to, to punch in and pull him back. So as you're talking about him, we can, can we see, him. see him. Oh, my God. Yeah, Dude, sure. that guy looked oh fantastically awkward on that motorcycle thing. I'm sure we can see him over there. I'll, I'll have to. I'll but he's on something. the podcast now. Nobody's sucking his dick. No. Nobody. <laughs> Nobody. No. I'm built like that. You he know, can't you, get say to that. you say I that. You say that, but you know you're wrong. I know. All right. All right. I had a guy come to the shop today. That is just a, a, a just a, a sideways wreck on a piece of shit. Really, there's, there goes James. Roll that back. This guy rolls up on this world's worst Suzuki Bergman 650. The transmission quit doing the shifty thing a long time ago, so it now it's just a one-speed Suzuki Bergman. <laughs> Look it up, guys. Suzuki Bergmans have a problem. If you have a Suzuki Bergman 650 and it's got the fun like sportomatic transmission. They don't always work. Oh. And it's stupid expensive to fix it. So it's not a CVT, it's actually. It's a CVT, but then there's like there's an electronic shift stepper. Points. Yeah. yeah. There's uh, electronic servo control. So you have right, servo controlled. You can run it auto, you can run it performance, you can run it manual. So you are simulating a, a gearbox. Okay. There's probably right. a wire you can clip and it'll just go into normal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, or just when it breaks. So when it breaks, it defaults to just being a so, CVT. So Suzuki said, you know. The best part of a scooter is that there's no gears and right. it's always in the right gear. So we're going to go ahead and take that away yeah. and then put gears on your CVT. Add some fake gears to it. Yeah. And we're yeah. going to make it in our most expensive scooter right. that old white guys can drive and still then feel like they're sporty. Oh. Because now instead yeah. of a clutch, they just have a button to make them feel like they're shifting gears. Well, that's what Honda did with the, the CRZ also. Oh, really? To, to make it feel sportier. All right, we'll. It always happens during the podcast yeah. inside, but outside it's yeah. even now. Now you hear it live, right? Exactly. So imagine that, and I, you know, we service those vehicles inside a building. Yeah, uh, oh uh, it's with the dual. Uh, those are dual drivers. So a cop car has one. Those have duals in yeah. the front. Like, oh, yeah, like Jimmy, can you please stop testing the fucking siren? I got it. <laughs> oh no, we've had fights about it. <laughs> yes, of course, because you know how long you have to test it. Done. Uh, well, okay. no, unfortunately. If the sound leaves the horn, that's too long. Well, no, but if we've it got to. stays a, in the horn. Exactly. We Perfect. Have, we have to sustain a blast long enough for it to report through the modem into the internet and come out on somebody's computer in the office because that's what we do. What? So we have to be. What? We have to test lights and sirens because yeah. it's all hooked up. It yeah. records and records. Yeah. So the lights is no problem. Turn the right. lights on. We're on the radio with the right. guy in the office. Yeah. Lights on. Okay. Good. Siren. Woo! Okay. Good. Okay. Thank you. Wait. 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 <laughs> They're literally making sure you do your job. Yeah. By forcing you yeah, to no go damn. goddamn damn it. You're hearing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, here's a set of earmuffs if you... Oh, yeah, okay. You can't just be like, whoop, did yeah, you hear exactly. that? Exactly. Right. No, that Listen won't faster, do it. it, it you yeah. you kind of got to... You gotta, uh, wow, you got to lay yeah. into it. That's or so like weird. like the backup uh, things and all the equipment. Oh, yeah. You stuff shit in those. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, well, you know. the backup alert in my little Suzuki, my Subaru Sambar over there, my Subaru Sambar pickup truck has a backup alert. 
But what's hilarious about it is it beeps at randomly different speeds. <laughs> so sometimes it beeps, and it's a piezo, it's a piezo, right? So it's a piezo. So it's, sometimes it beeps at like, but other times it's like, and I cannot figure out how to play the fucking thing like an instrument. But every time I'm at the dump taking a load of stuff to the recycler, and I throw it in reverse, the guy loves it because he's like. The fact that that has a backup alarm on it is the funniest thing ever because you should just be able to put your arm out the window and move whatever's back there. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it's pretty fun. Dude, you know how cool it would be to have a theremin as a car horn? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> very, cool. very fucking cool. So I did sell the Kawasaki KLR 650 state, wow. and I sold it because one of our customers, Dave uh, with one leg, so Dave with one leg came in. Oh, he's got the V. He's got the eighty-five. He's got right? the V eighty-five TT. Yeah. Yep. So uh, a week or so ago, he'd come by the shop and was like, "Hey, man, I got a buddy of mine. We're going to do the Trans America Trail." Oh, jealous. And this is our big plan. We're going to leave in October, and we're not, we're not going to do all of it or whatever. But they have a plan to do it. And he's like, "My buddy's," I, he said, "I just got a DR six fifty, but my buddy wants a KLR six fifty in the worst way." I was like, "Yeah, totally righteous bike, no problem." And he's like, yeah, but we can't find one. And there's one at Rick Roush and there's one at State 8 and they're big money because the market right now is so fucking weird. Yeah, right? Right. The money's, the market's bizarre. People are getting big money for shitty bikes because supply and demand. I've got a garage full that needs to go. go. <laughs> you, need to, you need to capitalize on that opportunity oh, right no. the fuck now. People are buying non-running bikes and they're buying them non-running. And then the person Bring they're buying, here. yes, the person they're <laughs> buying from them from is paying the ninety dollars for me to pick them up, and then their the new owner is paying the repair bill, and that's happened with like nine bikes we have in our service department right well, I now. I can leave them right here. <laughs> that is the that is the most reckless motorcycle buying technique I've ever seen in my life. You're buying a known non-running bike, and you have no skills whatsoever. You're having the non-running bike trucked to a shop, who is then going to fix the bike that you now own. And I take it these are probably not ten thousand dollar bikes. No, these are two and three thousand yeah. dollar bikes. So they might have three grand worth of repairs coming on there. It is not uncommon to find that the repairs are very close to the value of the bike. Yeah. yeah. So it is. And again, how would you buy something, or how desperate are you that you would buy something like hasn't run in three years? Yeah. Right. No. And then be like, oh, take it to the shop. I'm sure they can figure it out. Oh, I can sell you bikes that haven't ran. <laughs> I'll see your three years and raise you five. Why don't they just go and buy a brand new bike and, and it'll be a lot cheaper anyway? Apparently, you can't buy a goddamn Grom. What? Nobody has them. I wouldn't wow. buy one anyway. Yeah. <laughs> We're selling TNT 135s like they're going out of style because I keep getting them. Like, mm -hmm. I, I keep getting them in. Well, because people know Steve again. has one. Yeah. yeah. I still love buying No step on snake. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, snake. the giant Amish placard on the back the giant slow moving vehicle thing on the back hmm. of that little scooter car That's good just nails it and don't i mean we laugh i got 20 years oh yeah and then that's gonna oh, be i would it. drive the fuck out of that well it'll hover by then <laughs> so i get a kick i take the hover round out for a spin every once in a while just now that <laughs> that is actually cool in mid-ohio too right that'd be a great mid-ohio vehicle I mean, you, you can carry all your beer with you, it has keep a your cooler, have a friend with you, got a yeah. roof for the shade. It's yeah. actually not a bad idea. And you know, it takes up a shit ton less room oh, those fucking golf carts. Oh, shop on one of those things, yeah. man. Oh, yeah. Well, anything anything to beat the fucking parade of golf carts, you know? Yep. Yep. The golf carts really do. They do compromise my ability to have fun at Mid-Ohio because yep. you get two golf carts coming at each other in a lane, 
and then it just turns into idiot jousting. Got his Harley 48. He's the coolest guy in school. Flat black 48. I just am amazed at, at, at how many uh, like Harleys cause sleeves to fall off a of shirt. Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. That's Once you have cool. a Harley, the sleeve can't stay. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's that's a fact. So yeah, Dave came. So I brought the I grabbed the bike from my house, brought it in here, kind of gave it a slap and tickle, made sure everything's great. It's got thirteen hundred miles on it now. It made it from your house to here. It can't oh be yeah, all it's bad. fine, right? <laughs> it's absolutely fine. So, uh, oh, there you go. There you go. Bring it on. Now lay it on. No, maybe not. All right. Well, Dave shows up. His buddy's at a mini bike rally in Indiana. So I think they're doing a mini bike thing in Laporte. So there's some mini bike event happening today. So his buddy was out of town. So Dave came in and bought the bike for his buddy. Hmm. That was great. So $3,500 cash money. That's a good Fan price for that bike. I think it's a great price for yeah. that bike. And cash it's, money's good, too. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean... Yeah. Cash money. Cash money's great. So I figured out what I spent for it and I figured out what I had into it. And I still made a few bucks. And I wasn't riding it since I got your bike, since I got the Husqvarna. I took the Husqvarna on the same exact route. I took it on the same trails yeah. as the KLR. And the KLR was a lot comfier, but the KLR did not have a grip of the road right. or didn't have a grip of the surface the way the Husqvarna did. Yeah. And I felt better stabbing the Husqvarna around mm -hmm. and i'm still trying to learn that reckless clutch like yeah that me and that reckless clutch are not really good friends yet i think i think the day that you get stuck in the sand oh well you're gonna that'll like, never happen i like this thing but yeah, <laughs> until you do that it's kind of like so if i get stuck in sand that means i planned poorly well, with that clutch i mean you could just leave it in gear jump yeah. off of it yeah and just give it the gas and push it right. and stuff I, like yeah. that you yeah. wouldn't even have to feather the clutch right. right exactly right but it also the thing that i kind of didn't like about it and that's why i, I gave phil also the regular clutch so mm. he can go back to it if he wants to right but i didn't like like in a turn if you wanted to downshift like, right. and like to get extra juice on a turn yeah right it's really not fun yeah no, it's like not. you almost have to like kind of let off the gas and let, let the throttle like the RPMs come down enough to shift into the next. Mm. It's it's yeah. like that with almost with any auto clutch bike. I right. mean, even CT90s. If you're yeah. going down a hill and it's yeah. loaded up, right. you can't. Uh, sometimes you can't upshift or right. it, it gets stuck because yeah. it's loaded up. Yeah. 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 The mana was good at doing going in the turn, so that bike was perfect. Yeah, the transmission in the mana is kind of amazing, and that's another electronically servo actuated right. CVT. And but that they had that right. They did have that right. And the problem was every time you replaced the belt, you also had to replace the belt tension sensor, the belt wear sensor. So for some reason, the device that checked the lifespan of the belt was not. If you replace the belt, what ended up happening was the belt. You need to replace the belt light wouldn't go off mm. until you replaced the actual sensor. And that made owning that bike a bite in a dick. I wonder if all the sensor was was a timer, because oh, it, on yeah. a CVT belt, it's all over. The oh, place it's all, all over the, the time. Place. So yeah, how do right. you measure that? You can't measure yeah. it, right? And I think you're right. I think it's a mile meter or a timer. Yeah. But the point was, is we found out because we serviced a bunch of them, is once you serviced it, if you didn't replace that fifty dollar part, mm -hmm. I can answer that question. Yeah. The belt will flap so much. Oh yeah. 
but when it gets loose enough, it'll yeah. flap a little too far right. and it'll crush something in that sensor. Right. And once it crushes something in that sensor, yeah. it turns the light on and, it'll, and it has to be forever. replaced. Awesome. There you go. Yeah. Maybe it's, it's, a, it's, it it's a one time momentary switch. Once you push it down, yeah. it's a tur turkey based, it's a turkey ball. Yeah. They're it's done. Yeah. It's done. It's done. They're putting on a special show for us tonight. <laughs> yeah. Num number Christ. three. Yeah. Please. Who's this? Let's see. Oh, Donald Martin's and Sons. Yeah, I was I was going to say, that's not one of ours. No, that's not one of yours, and Lakewood's is much louder. Martin's and Son is kind of like the people you call when it's not really an emergency. You know? Dude, we got jets. We have jets. And, uh, yeah, we Steve have ambulances. Just, Steve just handed me the headphones just yeah. to, to let me know how this sounds, and it's amazing. It's a party of noises. Yeah. So this podcast, we've actually moved to New York City. And <laughs> AMSR, and we are on 42nd Street right. in the middle of it. In the <laughs> middle of the shit right now. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty crazy what's out there available for ambulances. Like, because we're going to have the mobile x-ray vehicle come oh, yeah. to our house. Right. Like, there's no reason to go to the hospital. No. Because they have a stroke they wagon. They have an x-ray. Right. Like, I'm surprised they don't have an MRI wagon. Like, why not? The, uh, I know in China they do. They have the MRIs that show up. I love that. Filtering traffic on Lorraine Road, 35 mile an hour zone, and you're going to be filtering because, you know, come on. His girlfriend's head with, with a, a ponytail pony flying behind yeah, right. And a red light, not, no shit, every eighth of a mile. Yeah, right. yeah, there's no. There's I mean, no I can see two red lights from where we're sitting right now. You know, we're not yeah. in Europe with traffic cams. No, we're definitely not. So, uh, a little story about the CA 160. It's back there. Yep. 1964, bought it from the original owner. So That's great. that guy's dad bought that bike for him in 1964 when he was 15 years old. And uh, the bike is the bike. Yeah. Ta-da. Thank you, Vanna. Uh, the bike has been dropped one time when he was dating the woman he eventually married and is still married to to this day. The boy that was the boy that was uh, angry at this relationship. Came by and knocked the bike over, kicked it over. What a dick! What a wow. dick! That's the only time the bike's you been on You didn't have the balls enough to come knock the guy over. You know, the front the tire over. is the original front tire. Those are the only non-pitted CA 160 rims I've ever seen I in my mean, life. Every motorcycle I own needs this. Oh, the the checkerboard striped tire. So <laughs> yeah. the story is, he got a flat tire when the bike was less than a year old on the back, and so when he went to the dealership, they didn't have any of the proper uh, white. The narrow white wall tires that's on the front, but they had these checkerboard things. Oh, if only he got both of them changed, it would have been right. beautiful. So he got the rear changed, and you can see that the rear tire sidewall does not have the same integrity as the front tire sidewall. So the, you know, uh, here we are 50, what, 56 years later? So a 56 year old motorcycle on its original front tire and its not original back tire, but and very close soft. to it. Well, the bike has stored in a heated interior garage for the past 40 years, and he's he's maniacal about the maintenance. It came with the original Uaza battery, which we could probably restore, which we could probably fill with acid and bring back give to life. It, it's give dry. it to me. I'm touching usually the dirtiest part of a there's, motor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and yeah it's, nothing. it's nothing, yeah. And I asked him, I was like, did you respray the motor, motor there? He's never uh, done any. How much? So our anniversary is coming up yeah. uh, September. <laughs> nah, there you go. Yeah. How much is this bike going to cost, Mrs. McElfresh? Exactly. <laughs> to have, to have that. It's not a restoration. It's the original. It's the it's way. It's shiny. It's it is so shiny. It yeah. should be in a museum. Yeah. 
But uh, that's the point is when I bought the bike, I'm, I told the guy, I'm like, I just have to let you know, I'm going to ride it because it's got 13,000 miles on it. And oh, so somebody did ride it. Right. And he said, he goes, well, I would hope you would ride it. I wouldn't sell it to you if you weren't going to ride it. Um, but he was real careful. He's like, I don't want you to put it in a museum. I don't want you to put it up on a shelf. It, it, I want it to continue to be ridden. So, um, how'd you find no, this No, that guy? doesn't work in your He's world. He's one of my customers. He bought a Moto Guzzi from me about seven years ago. And we, when he bought the Moto Guzzi from me, I used to have a black Honda Dream and a white Honda Dream. And when he was at my shop, he saw my black Dream and my white Dream. And he's like, you know, I got a, I got a CA160 that's nicer than either one of those. And I was like, that's cool, asshole. And he was like, no, he goes, it's my original bike. My dad bought it for me and I, I just, I ride it every year and I put maybe 600 miles on it every year if I can. And he goes, it's never had anything but, you know, Rec 90 gas in it. Like, you know. The head pipes are just beautiful. Like they're no pitting, no rust. No, nothing. No nothing. And when, uh, when he fired it up, it was great. Oh, wait, he fired his. his I've already ridden it. Oh God! I rode it around my neighborhood last uh, night before last. Yeah, I picked it up. Uh, he lives outside of Pittsburgh. I picked it up on the way home when I got the Daihatsu. That so, one lever might be bent just tiny a little bit. bit. Yeah, a tiny bit. And but yeah, I fired it up and it just it sounds great. It's got you know you know the cadence of the. Oh, that's a sewing machine. That's a sewing machine. Great motor. And the I he when we did the deal. Weeks ago, I got the original owner's manual, original toolkit. I've got the baffles for inside the pipes. Uh, he kept everything. Like, man didn't. And uh, the keychain, the thing around the keys, is the original from the dealership where he bought it. So, you know, he's just that guy, man. He just took care, perfect care of it. That bike's in the same year I was born. Yeah. And right? it's in better shape. It's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's a very cool bike, and I'm very happy with it. And, you know... I've been wanting the right, the right one because my red, the red dream I got at Mid Ohio. I'm so happy with the red dream. I mean, it's it's my favorite dream I've ever owned, and it's just you sold so the nice. other beautiful dream already. Yeah, I did. I sold that the black one. The black one was gorgeous. The red one was a, nicer. Yeah, but you had a red one too. That, the red one I got at Mid Ohio a couple of years no, ago. No, no, no. But you had a red one that you got off that guy that I worked. That on. was the one that you worked on, and I sold that. That yeah. was amazing. Yeah, but. Again, we keep getting nicer. Yep, so we yep, keep yep. finding, we keep moving the bar a little bit. The one I really, really want is the white Super Sport. Mm. So I was Super Hawk. I really, really want a white Super Hawk. So I think that if I had the red dream, the black. Did they make like a CYB Super Hawk? Yeah. Like a blue Super Hawk? Yeah. 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 But I kind of, you know, we were bullshitting about that chrome special. That was the one. That was the one. I don't know what the fuck we were thinking. We should have pulled our money together. Oh, I was trying everything I could to make you that. buy it. But I, I know. Like, oh, yeah. Why didn't we buy that fucking? I bike? didn't have. I didn't have. I couldn't come out of pocket. We for should it. have bought that bike. And I think that thing eventually went for like twenty seven hundred dollars. Oh God, twenty seven hundred bucks for a chrome fucking Superhawk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were we thinking? We somebody should have hit us in the fucking head. Was that I did a everything but. Was that- <laughs> it was a dealer thing. Oh, okay. So it's super crazy limited. And the provenance was always questionable because. Well, this is the guy who had it was yeah. like, well, I'm going to clean it up. I'm like, there's no problem cleaning it up, but yeah. don't take the yellow right. inspection marks off of the right. nuts and bolts. Exactly. And apparently at some point he decided to go ahead and do that before he sold it. I'm All like, right. 
I told you a million times that yeah. that the fact that that yellow paint is over some of the chrome exactly. is telling you that that came from the factory That's that way because there's a there's a big bike. argument of whether they came right. from the factory like yeah. that. And I'm like, right. no. And his was the right thing. It was a black tank. Black tank. Because the chrome, chrome the frame. tank wasn't chrome. It was right. always a painted tank. Yep. But the entire rest of the bike, yeah, the frame, wow. every little piece on yep. it, the side panels, engine cover, shock yep. covers, swing arm. Yeah. Why we everything chrome? We should have bought that. that How long just, ago was that? Uh, I don't know, John. 15, 20 years ago. Mm. Yeah. The early days of the IX Center. Yes, it was. We. I don't know why we, like, I don't know. Something. And I went back and forth, and I even contacted Troyce Walls, who's a, a big right. Honda guy out in to California. Check the provenance to see if talk with him about yeah. it. And he told me the things to look for and everything. Yep. And I was going back and forth with this guy. I'm like, no, you you don't understand. You have a real. I was telling him. Yeah, you were telling him he had a rare bike. Don't. Yeah. He's like the yellow marks. I don't know. I don't like those. I'm like, uh, no, you clean everything but those yellow marks. Out. I like how this one still on the triple tree on the headset still has that lacquer. Mm -hmm. So it still has the lacquer that. You know, everybody went to trouble to remove off of Hondas that was this, like, not Cosmoline necessarily, but it was a lacquer coating on Yeah, Hondas. all the raw aluminum, at least yeah. on most Hondas that I've encountered, yeah. like the brake hubs and stuff like that, they have a clear coat on them. Yeah. So if you go to polish them, the first thing you have to do is get that clear coat you gotta off. You got to bust through that lacquer first. One of the yeah. things I used to use was uh, the, you used to be able to, you can buy, you can still buy the Gallon Pal of Carbur Cleaner. Yeah. Yeah. So you just paint that on and it kind of, it'll help take that off and then you can polish them again and really you know you can either keep polishing them for the rest of your life or you can recoat them or recoat them yeah. but it's the same thing with like a cb750 the valve covers that's they all have a little bit of it's almost like anodized but it must just probably be like a clear lacquer it's a lacquer i've i've dealt with it before and you know on some of the parts that got put on heavier than others and sometimes it can be a real fucking nightmare to get off because as the bike gets older, it just gets yellower and yellower and yellower, and it just looks worse and worse and worse. Oh, so. Patches flake off. Yeah, they literally flake off. So yeah, that happens. So, but yeah, it's a this one's a good one. This this one's pretty. This one's pretty fun. I'll go ahead and fire it up. Play it for us. Yeah, after. Yeah, that's a that's a beautiful bike. Yeah. We did have to rebuild the fuel tap. That's gonna happen. Yeah, I told him that. I was like, well, you know, that's that's just you can't. I mean, the shifter's not even dirty. Hey, uh, Dan Kromke, can I get a fantastic beer? I know you've got something waiting for me. Oh, look at that. Electric start and everything. Grumpy Sir guy needs a replacement for a CB175. Yeah. There's only one bike I've seen that's nicer than that, Dan. 
<laughs> so, okay, now that we've had our fun, and you guys, have, you know, for the podcast listeners, it is black. Um, price. Yeah. What do we think it costs? Oh, I'm, oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I revealed it. I don't know if I put the word out what I paid for it. I don't think so. No, but is it, is it a... It's going to make people cry. Yeah. I'm still friends with the guy. So Okay, so it wasn't, a, it wasn't like a mid-Ohio deal where... Well, let's start out. Did he just give it to you because he likes you so much? We've been working this for a little while, and... It's a multi-tiered deal? No, but it, it's just, he's not... He doesn't want to have it in his life anymore. He's done riding. He's aging out of the game. So probably something like fair market value. I a, sold him a, a Moto Guzzi V7 several years ago and he still rides the v7 around but he's not riding it much much at all so so let's just i'm gonna i'm gonna bid on it yeah go ahead let's start it's at least a thousand dollars oh yeah two thousand dollars wouldn't be a shame i gave him two two even yeah i gave him two even yeah that's a great i mean that's all day long and the funny thing was when we were we were talking about the bike and i said now look i said my rule on buying motorcycles is that you're the seller you have to set the price. That's part of you being the owner of the vehicles. You have to set the price. If you tell me to set my own price, bad things happen. Yeah, I'm like, well, would you give it to me? Right, exactly. <laughs> so I'll be leaving now with your bike because you clearly don't love it enough to put a value on it. And But I didn't say that to this guy. I said, well, look. I said, it's beautiful. It's great in every fucking possible way. And I said, I know what you paid for it brand new. I know that you, you've loved this bike and taken care of it. So, oh. Man, that's a bad. That's a bad thing when the car gets towed away on oh, the dolly. Yeah. 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 That's tough. The uh, wait, wasn't that the guy that was just driving down here a few minutes ago, like a thousand miles an hour, with that bike and shit in the back of it? <laughs> Seriously, I think you're right. I do think you're right. I think that S10 literally just either that is uh, instant paint, instant financing, and that thing is just being hot repoed. Yeah. yeah. I can't imagine anybody's financing that year of S10. You'd be surprised yeah, at the I garbage I have repossessed. But yeah, basically. So back I told to the, the guy, CA 160. The, the I told the guy, dream. I was like, look, 2,000 bucks. And I said, it's more than I've ever paid for this small of a motorcycle, but it's also in better condition than any bike I've ever bought that was original running bike that wasn't restored. I said, so if you're not insulted by $2,000, I'm, I'm going to be thrilled to give you $2,000. And he was like, it's yours. And that was it. And I mean, who knows? I could have said 500. I could have said 3000. I don't know, but I'm totally thrilled to own that bike for $2,000. And, and you yeah. can sleep at night. You know, you didn't like, Oh, that's oh, a, well, no, Bill can sleep. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's already called me three times to tell me he's like, Oh, well, you know, I've got a service manual for it, you know? Oh, yeah. And he's finding all the other stuff yeah. right now. So, well, you yeah. did a solid though. I mean, like you, you recognize the thing is fucking mint. It's, and Fantastic. you paid for it. Yeah. And you can get your money back in any time you want. And I don't even want to. Right. This is one that, because it is what it is and it runs and it's happy, you know, this is like my red dream. I just feel like this is a fun bike to have around. And if I ride it five times a year, that's three times more than he rode it. Right. You right. Know? It'll probably go through the rest of its life being ridden. Well, and it'll never end up in the side of a garage covered in shit, right. not doing anything. Right. So you yeah. are going to save it. It's right. a 56-year-old motorcycle. If I have anything to say, it'll end up <laughs> in your garage. <laughs> <laughs> <Some way. laughs> you know, like, uh, 
I'm working with Mel Kammer. Like, yeah, hold on. What does Phil really need? <laughs> what is he? Phil, I got a CV1. Put the CV1 back together. Get it all right. I know you like CV1. Get it all really nice. Ride it up here someday. I wouldn't mind riding back on that. It's a little hot. It's going to be like that one deal he was offering his wife to give a handy on the side of the snowblower. Oh, FT500 and a handy. You got it. You're in. So I have a question. CV1. Is there any other bike that used that same engine? Oh, I yes, can't that, one. Yes, there is. He asked if this, if any other bike used that same engine that's in the CB1. Yes. That is the NC27 engine. The NC, yeah. So that was in a CB CBR 400R. CBR 400R. And I think the only difference in the Japanese version was later ones had variable valve timing. Yep. So they had VTEC. Yeah. So it's uh, the same way with the the Bandit 400s. Right. Later ones had the. Yeah. But there are. The I mean, hop ups for the CB1 are yeah. taking parts off of that one. Off an NC but the CB1 is detuned for sure. Right. That's exactly right. Because we had the CBR 400R for Merit that we bought as a Japanese domestic import, and that was a hot little number. And considering that was that looked like you guys all remember the Honda Hurricane. Yeah. Oh yeah. Do you guys remember the Hurricanes? They were all the same thing. They were white with red, red stripes. Or red with white stripes. That was my first bike. Yeah, well, I mean my first real bike. Yeah, yeah. So we, but they did a, they did a 400 cc version of that bike in other markets. Oh wow! So in Japan they had that bike, and it's the same motor that's in the CB1. And when we got that little hot that hot CBR 400R for my wife, she loved that thing. But it did have that, the embarrassment light. So at 60 miles per hour, 63 miles per hour, this red light would go on in the dashboard. And it literally just, the red light on the dashboard just said the word speed underneath it. So when we first got the bike <laughs> and I took the bike out of the back of the van and I'm driving it down Lake Road and I'm like, whoop, whoop. I was like, oh man, this little 400 is just so sweet. It's yeah. so awesome. And this is 1980s brake technology, 1980s suspension technology. It's okay. Yeah, and I'm driving like it. like an inch and a half. Like and a, I get to third gear. And as I get to third gear. As soon as I put the bike in third gear, red light in the dashboard comes on. And I'm like, oh, shit. Because red light on the dashboard means not stop good. driving yeah. now. Yeah. Especially in Hondas. So I was like, red light on the dashboard. Shit, pull over to the side of the road. Red light's not there. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, start the bike. Grab it a little bit. Check everything out. Okay, fine. Jump on the bike again. Go down the street. Red, red light. light on the dashboard. What the motherfucker? And I pull off the side of the road again, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening to this bike? So now I'm like, I checked everything. I know it's got oil. It's got all the things you need to be. It's safe. I drive the bike again, and now I let the light come on. And I let the light come on, and I'm like, okay. Eh, red light. Red light's on. Red light's on. Red light's off. Slow down. Red light goes off. Red light goes on. Red light goes off. Red light goes on. Red light goes off. <laughs> it does it exactly at 100 kilometers per hour. I was like at 100, because it didn't have miles per hour in the yeah, speedo. Right. And I was like, what the fuck, man? Why is there a light? And I went, oh, it says speed on it. It's a <laughs> fucking speed light. It's a speeding light. Yeah. It means you dipshit. Yeah. Well, then I heard the other part of the story from Emma, which is that Emma said that in Japan, there used to be a law that all the motorcycle helmets had to be white. Oh. There were no colored motorcycle helmets. And the idea was that the red light on the dashboard would make your helmet illuminate 
like pink, like you could see it from a long distance. So the cop didn't need radar or anything else. If your helmet was glowing red, you're fucking speeding. Oh, I'll and, fix and, this. And they don't have yeah. electrical tape that they just... <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> the point. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is a certain thing about Japanese culture yeah. that it's like no. speeding is a crime because you're being an asshole to other people. Oh. And that's enough. Yeah. Right? Yeah. As opposed to America where you're like, speeding is a right I have to get away with if I can. Right. Right. And we all know we drive in America... I drive at 75 miles an hour in a 60 zone because I know they write at 16 over. Well, you know? I mean, we just had that whole conversation yeah. about uh, you have to prove that I was going 72. I, w- I didn't go 72 miles in one hour. Exactly. And- it's not my average speed that you're calculating. It's my momentary velocity. I, I was thinking about that argument last yeah. week. Like, you had last week. Yeah. I'm like, the mere fact that you pulled me over. Right has made me not do 72 miles in this hour. Exactly. The fact that we're having this conversation means the the, the whole concept of me achieving 72 miles this hour has been blown out the window. You have obviated this ticket. <laughs> yes. You alone, sir, have made this ticket totally invalid. I also like the fact that they take one car that's maybe slightly, slightly more dangerous, right? and then they add another one going faster to catch up to that car. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that whole thing about, like, I, when I got pulled over in Rocky River down on lake road i was riding my wife's sv and the cop pulled me over and this cop came out and he was extraordinarily upset i mean he was like red veins pulsing on his forehead flat top inflamed and just <laughs> big vein in his neck coming out it's like a lizard it hangs down yeah. when he's mad it's like <laughs> yeah and all i could smell was testosterone you know and he was just like i had to go 90 miles an hour to catch you I was like, no, motherfucker, you did not. Yeah. I didn't say motherfucker because I like not getting shot. Right. But I was like, no, you didn't have to go 90 miles an hour to catch me. You didn't. Yeah. Well, you were going 35 through that 25 zone. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> if I was going 35 through that 25 zone, you would have had to go 36 to catch me. Right. <laughs> not as fast as you wanted to, but you would have done it eventually. Not 90. <laughs> right. So at no point as a citizen... Who drives through here all the time? Am I okay with anybody driving 90 miles an hour on Lake Road right. through Rocky River? Why in the fact, hell are you doing 90? In fact, as a citizen, I'm going to write you a, a ticket because <laughs> you, you just admitted that you were going 90 miles an hour in a 25, Jeez. you reckless motherfucker. And let me guess, you were punching my my license plate numbers into some sort of a computer right. while you were doing yep. it. Right. Driver in attention on top yeah. of that. When, when I was were you lot, wearing a seatbelt? Reckless off. <laughs> when I was a lot stupider. No, he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. That's the first thing they teach you in the academy. Don't put a seatbelt on. You don't want to get hamstrung when you go to jump out no, of the car. No, I went to State Patrol Academy. You wore a fucking seatbelt yeah. all the goddamn time. Yeah. Go ahead. I forgot. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that quick. Wow. Yeah. Boom. Well, but yeah, that cop was being a fucking cunt to me about that shit. And I was just like, and I wasn't going to let him have it because I was like, no, 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 no. Go ahead. I got it. I knew you'd get so, it. So <laughs> it still works occasionally. Um, so have you guys ever played the game? Like there's a cop that's doing like 85 or 90 on the highway with no lights on. Right. So you get behind them. Yeah. And you can go as fast as they can go because if they're not going to an emergency, like why are they going 90 miles an hour? I'm going to tell you I wouldn't do that. Yeah. They can <laughs> still find a way. Because all they're going to do is go to the right lane. And then throw the lights on and give you that little hand gesture. No, you go to the right lane too. You got to stay I, behind. I'm with you. Dude. I'm with you. <laughs> then it turns into a European traffic stop. Where they I just have stop some in front news you. for you yeah. that uh, a standard issue radar detector, yeah. it works uh, both a ways. B3, yeah. 
has one that comes out the yeah. front, and there's and one, one mounted the in the back. Absolutely. So he can check your speed yeah. from behind Absolutely. as well as he can check but, your speed yeah. from in front. Can he yeah. check the speed if you're going the same speed? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. I thought you oh no, he'll write you. In fact, well, that's the, the best. sector going Doesn't backwards says zero, zero like that he knows speed too? Nope. So... It, they do. It the, knows how fast you're going. It radar just, detectors, not radar detectors, radar guns, doesn't matter what yeah. band they are. They have a speed differential computer built in that is right. not hot science. It's it's very basic. Yeah. They're taking the known speed. It hooks into the OBD2. Thank you. Yeah. It, it Taking the known speed, and then they're taking the speed of the target. And they're automatically subtracting or adding the known speed or vehicle speed from that to get the differential speed, whether it's forward or backwards. So. And you have a, a setting for... Yeah. Stationary, stationary or moving. moving. Right, exactly. And that's how they do so it. So when you hit moving, but, what you do, I mean, when we, you hook them up, yeah. you take your regular OBD2 yeah. port, it plugs into that, yeah. you fold it back up and zip tie it, yeah. and it has another little pigtail that allows you to still get your e-check right. through, through that cord. Through that. Oh, okay. And then the, the radar guns are hilarious because radar is actually measuring a tone. So using literal tuning forks, so the radar devices come with a set of tuning forks. Yeah, that's what they say when it was calibrated. When you right. whack the tuning fork on the dashboard or on another object, it'll be a 35-mile-an-hour tuning fork. Or a 55-mile-an-hour tuning fork. And you do it in front of the antenna, and it reads 35 or 55, and you're like, ta-da, it's done. Uh, my, my radar has been calibrated. calibrated right. Yeah, But it is a hokey thing. Uh, however, the now, one... I'm going to tell you, the super yeah. secret is this, yeah. is that the units are supposed to get sent in That's right. for an actual, to the manufacturer for right. a, a super, you know, yeah. the super for calibration, calibration. Yeah. which that never, never happens. happens. So Ever. Yeah. if you're in court and you have a good lawyer and he Demand really wants to be like, to know when that you got pulled over in, in Cleveland, well, Cleveland hasn't sent from the Not day that they, that yeah. radar was installed in the car <laughs> and went into and got taken out and put into three different cars yeah, it has right. never gone back and got yeah. a recalibrate it does not have a, a valid certificate and the the thing that trumps it all is not the radar yeah. the best thing is when the officer says that they were pacing you so then the pacing citations that's the oldest you know the oldest measure and pe i know people who have I know cops that have written hundreds of pacing citations because it's really easy to sneak up on somebody. But everyone tries to fight a pacing citation, and it is like the hardest thing to fight because the cop is saying, I observed your speed for a really long time. Right, right. right. How long? Well, long enough to see your license plate, read your license plate, send it off, get it back, and still be behind you. Right. And so if I say you were going 86... I was behind you going 86. 86. Yeah, there's yeah. no equipment failure. There's Nothing. no anything. Right. Yeah. Well, even beyond that, they can just observe your speed. That's I've it, been yeah. pulled over where I didn't get hit by radar. Right. But he, well, he, uh, one of the things you do when you're training for that yep. is you go and set up. You have to just sit there and watch cars. Yep. And Visual estimation their, speed. You have to get, guess yep. their speed and write it down. Yeah. And you have to be within so many miles right. per hour. And so you sit there and you do that and you have this sheet that you have done that. Yep. And you've been accurate within one or two miles an hour mm -hmm. for 40 vehicles. Right. And now you can present that in court and say, even without radar, I have enough experience. A visual estimation wow. of speed. By oh. listening to cars and, and pacing them, I can tell exactly how fast they Which were Which, of course, is all bullshit because they've proven that a car with its headlights on appears to be moving faster than the car with its headlights off. And a zero appears to be moving slower than exactly. a, a motorcycle right. with loud pipes. Right, because it, no, it has no noise whatsoever. But they went, 
and smaller cars appear to be moving faster than larger cars. Yeah. They went, you could hear a car, and that's yeah. what they told you to focus on is yeah. the sound of the car moving. You can hear the whir of the whoosh as yeah. it's passing whoosh. through. Yeah. And you see cars that are going the right speed. Yeah. And when you see it, when you hear a car going yeah. too fast, you can hear it making a different sound. And we were trained to rate our citations, to write our citations in a certain way that said, you know, at this time in this location, I observed a vehicle which I believe to be violating the posted limit. And I confirmed that using my KA band laser or my X band uh, or my K band radar or my X band radar. Not to derail this. Yes. But that truck that just drove by yeah. was a female driving it. Yeah. And the, the truck's name was In Heat. In Heat? Oh. In Heat. That's hilarious. That, that was pretty awesome. You must be able to climb this high <laughs> to get into my pants. Yeah, because that was a very tall truck. It was a very right, tall right, truck. To get on this ride. Yeah. It was higher than giraffe pussy. <laughs> it, was, it was very much higher than giraffe pussy. That was a very tall truck. Yeah. It takes two people to have In sex heat. with an ostrich. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Oh, my God. It was a sick ostrich, though. It sick exactly. Ostrich. It, was, it had to be a sick ostrich. I thought about Allegedly. this. Allegedly. It would have to be a sick ostrich. Does anybody else got anything else? Anybody buy anything else weird? What do you think, Nick? What's going on with your life? You've been quiet. I'm going to go get a beer. Uh, I've been looking at new cars. Okay. <laughs> Why, um, Nick? <laughs> which is, it's, it is against every fiber of my being to buy a new car. Okay. But I'm tempted. But there's lots of really cool new cars out there you well, can buy. And there's lots of really good deals, like 0% financing and stuff like that. That That's... That, I mean, it's tempting. You've got a good job. You've got good credit. Right. Assuming. Allegedly. 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 Um, <laughs> but like Once I'm, he gets over the ostrich thing, he'll be <laughs> yeah. all right. What's hitting the top of the list? Uh, right now, my number one choice is the Hyundai Veloster N. Okay. Which is their Civic Type R killer. Okay. Um, so it's got 275 horsepower. It's, a, it's Coming a out of a V6? It's a, uh, a inline four. Inline do, do they have an option to not call it a Veloster? No, they do not. Okay, Unfortunately, they do not have the option to not have the lopsided doors. Does it have wings and short arms? It sounds like herpes zoster. <laughs> a Velociraptor? <laughs> I have seen like aftermarket badges for it that are just a Velociraptor. Yeah, a Velociraptor? Yeah, I don't know. I've, I've also been looking at the, the Civic Type R and you know the, the Volkswagen Golf R, stuff like that. Any, Hot hatches. You don't want to get a WRX ish car because I mean, like, that's my favorite move is to buy. Right. My favorite move is to buy like a three or four year old car from Texas or somewhere where nobody's ever seen salt. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I just said is it's against every fiber of my yeah. being to buy a new car. Um, there goes a running Fiat. What? <laughs> Impossible. <laughs> Impossible. Uh, well, so I mean, I've also been looking at at. Um, Older cars like Infinity G35s yeah. or stuff like right. that. Um, honestly, Buick Saber. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> On, the, the problem is, is as soon as I say that I'm looking at a certain car, somebody's like, "Oh, well, why don't you check this out?" And and then all of a sudden, the the scope right widens. Yeah, it and gets it's wider. Like, well, yeah. well yeah. shit. Now, if I if I can look at that, then I can look at all these other cars. Do you know I keep looking at importing these cars from Japan yeah. that are. The exact same as they've had their they've had their four beers and smedleys and they're yeah. rolling out now. Yeah. They uh, that are the exact same cars as American cars because yeah. parts availability, yeah. but condition. So like if you look at the Toyota equivalent to a Lexus, yeah. so if you look at a 1995 
what we sold in America as a Lexus. They, they had that in Japan as a Toyota. And with every single stinking option, the same as the American one, it's just that it hasn't seen 25 winters. Yeah. Right. And it's gotten the world's greatest service and got a new timing belt every 50,000 kilometers because the Japanese do maintain the living hell out of their cars. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh, well, if I could do that, one, it's got historical plates on it from day one. Should I choose to do that? Right. Two, we know parts are cheap because the things were sold here in America. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can go buy parts for a 95 Lexus. Right. It's a, it's a right. Lexus IS 300 versus yep. a Toyota Altezza. Altezza. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they're the exact same fucking car. Yep. And just the steering wheel's on the wrong side, which if you can adjust to that, everything's golden. I right. think it's, I prefer riding on the right hand side. Right. It's safe, I, yeah. safe to say that you actually do. Yeah. I, it's I safe kinda, to say you're looking for something four cylinder turbo, that uh, type of. I mean, I'm not, I'm not locked into a four cylinder turbo. I'm just, right. I'm just, what about I, a, I, I want something. Would you take a 370Z with a V6? That's another thing. 300 I horsepower. 300, right. And no, that's it, those Nissans. Yeah. It, well, are, it's the same thing right. because I was looking at the, uh, the, the Hyundai Veloster M, yep. Yep. which has 275 horsepower for $30,000. Exactly. Versus, yeah. but but then I started looking at the 370Z, which is like 320 horsepower right. for the same price. And exactly. Like, or or even at that point, V6 Camaros or Mustangs. What or about a nice there. like Supra or a Skyline or something well, like that? What's the twin turbo Kia? The the Stinger. The Stinger. Stinger. Yeah. But yeah, those Stinger. are ridiculously expensive, right? They're a little bit. More, they're like starting at forty thousand, I think. Yeah. Uh, Six hundred horsepower. Six hundred horsepower. Yeah. I drive 100 horsepower in a car that weighs 1,100 pounds or something. Right, it's all pounds, about power to weight. And I'm like, this thing could get a little hairy. I'm I don't know if I can handle myself. this. Oh, boy, I can really feel that that freaking and, and, torque steer. And the thing is, fast cars just make your motorcycle insurance cost more. Yeah, that's true, too. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, I've never been, since I quit being a car guy, I've never even had a hint of it come back. Yeah, me neither. So, like, once I broke the car guy gene, all, everything I have is just small and stupid. Phil, I know you drive trucks and vans and stuff. Yeah. But what was your what would you consider your last daily driver that wasn't a truck or a van? Jesus Christ. Kia Stinger's only three sixty five. I'm sorry. Three sixty five. No. I don't. Maybe there's a version that puts out six hundred. Yeah. I don't know. But. That's crazy. I don't know. I really don't know. I mean, I had a Honda. I had like a ninety two Honda Accord. Yeah. And I had a ninety Volkswagen GT. Uh, not a GTI. A GT. Yep. Economical. Didn't you have a purple blue uh, the saber? I had a I had a Oldsmobile Colasabre, a French sword, but that was just that was one of those cars that was like somebody died. They were like, we need to make this car disappear. Phil will give us money for it, and it had no miles. But I did. That was that was a winter beater for like three years. Did you what about an STI? I did everything with it. An, ST, well, an STI would be great. Uh, yeah. it, the problem, the other problem is. What about a GTI? Too uh, slow. Volkswagen too slow. syndrome. Too and slow. and also. My fiance had a 96 Volkswagen Jetta and it burnt a barn down and everything uh, that was in it. So I, I, I have this, I'm thinking that's not the car's fault. I have though. this I inherent know. distrust of Volkswagen. I do too. After my 90 GT, yeah. I do. I will admit that I will never trust another Volkswagen, even though my wife could be sold on the idea of mm -hmm. the Volkswagen new body style Beetle, yeah. long nose Beetle convertible. She's like, I like those. Those are very attractive Don't cars. they make those in a turbo or something, yeah, too? They do, like, yeah, yeah, they, they do. do all those fun things. I mean, but I I'm just feel I'm like sure there's nothing wrong them. with them. Uh, but there's just something about it that... Uh, I mean, I have been looking at like the Golf GTI-R right. and stuff like that. But yeah. 
I don't know. There you go. Just like that. There you go. The fuck is they making built the or is that, that well, no, has a V8 yeah. you know, small block in it with yeah. a roller cam, etc., 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 and that little S10. Oh, I was like, I don't see the vehicle making this noise. No, the like, Civic. I hope they do go. I, this would be a really fun if they just went for it right now. Yeah. That'd be awesome, but they're not going to because life is. What is that? A Civic Si? That's a Civic Si. Now they're gonna no. they're gonna pull away with no sort of enthusiasm Dignity. whatsoever. Nobody's willing. Nobody's willing to lose that race. The S10 waited for a second too. It did. Yeah, it, it did. Yeah. Like, Go ahead. It hung back. It was Come like on. I'm going to see if this SI is going to stab right. it. Yeah. So the other problem is, I see all of these. I, I've see, I've been seeing like CRX SI, like yeah. a 91 CRX SI for like four thousand dollars. Right. Exactly. On on Facebook Marketplace, and I've always wanted a CRX. Right. But I but I tell Amber about it, and she's like, "You're not buying an old car." <laughs> You have, don't buy an old if, car. If you buy that SI, right. you need to get rid of the, right. the Fiat 124. Right. And it's so true. I rebuilt a, a, a CRX SI from the uh, ground up, put a B18C in it, turbocharged it, mm-hmm. three puck racing clutch, whole body, the whole thing. And I had like 20 grand into it. And when I finally sold it, I got $6,500. Man, you so killed it on that one. Those, those cars, they <laughs> yeah. don't, they don't get more often. It's safe wow. to say you will not be buying a Mustang or a Corvette. No, leave that for Cam. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Probably not. Hey, Cam's in the track racing his uh, six-cylinder uh, Mustang it. tonight. Oh, is it really? That is. Wow. Yeah. Man. What, what does that four-cylinder have? It has 270 oh, yeah. horsepower? Yeah, no, it's turbo four. I, I was looking at the Broncos. The problem with the Broncos is I need a car relatively soon. Oh, okay. Not oh. in two years. Yeah, right. What about um, Audi TT? All-wheel drive? What? An Audi TT, the an little. Audi TT. What about BMW? No, they're going for relatively cheap products. Allowed to own an Audi past the payment window, the yeah. front end will collapse, and you will own. <laughs> you will owe nine million dollars to fix the front end of an Audi. Well, yeah. it's the, it's the whole Volkswagen thing yeah. all over again, right? For me, but yeah. it's a very hard yeah. car to hit a pothole in when they're six years old. Yeah, yeah. I got an 06 Prius for you. There you go. Hundred ninety six thousand miles. There you go. I'm telling you, dude. BMW two thousand two. Oh my oh, God! Geez. Wow. Well, yeah. There you go. Get an M5. Yeah. The jury's still out. Let's I put think it that, that way. I think I'm there's a looking. lot to be said. I think yeah. your your girlfriend is on the right track yeah. with the modern and reliable being the primary two words. Yeah. Yeah. You need to have one vehicle that is absolutely right. dead balls reliable. You were. That Kia. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. What does I will Mazda say that make? Like Mazda makes some sporty cars. Mazda three. Not enough. Four person trunk. Yes. Oh yeah. yeah. I, just I love the air ride suspension. That was so great. I think Mazda. the. Oh, we stand past the ugly stick over to Mazda. I would like to. Uh, I would like to. We must acknowledge the passing of a, a dear and loyal friend. Uh, you will notice the parking lot. Is missing. Well, and the street's missing something too. Yeah. So, um, oh no, our our beloved Betty White, oh. the replacement for Black Betty. It didn't need a starter. It didn't need a starter. And much as I had thought, the noise was too violent. So what happened is it had been sitting here for a while. We, you know, I've been moving it around as you do at a motorcycle shop. Move the van around for different missions and stuff. And Betty White, we did not put many miles on Betty White. Betty White was bought cheap. Betty White was bought with, you know, over 100,000 miles already on it. Uh, later found out that the uh, speedometer and the odometer was not reliable. That oh. the, odomo- the speedometer was reliable, but the odometer was not reliable. And so its statement that it had 113,000 miles 
was probably a fucking bald-faced lie. So um, I noticed in driving the, the truck many, many miles that at no point was the odometer ever reliable. I was trying to peg my mileage, and I'd be like, I've been driving all day. I'm down to nothing. How could I have only gone 116 miles? You know? <laughs> and I realized there was a defect there. So when they sold it to me, it probably didn't only have 103,000 miles on it. But it is one of the ones, the stories of a vehicle that I bought. And then, of course, I did all the Phil Waters things to it. I put air ride suspension in the back end. I airbagged it. I put a class three hitch on it. I put in a really good head unit. I put in some decent speakers. I, I did all the things that I do to these things. So rubber mask, duct tape, uh, tarps. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. And lettered it. So yeah, it was lettered yeah, yeah. and it had all the good things. I went and did brakes all the way around um, so to make it a good trailer hauling vehicle. Right. And uh, that noise that it made when I turned the key was the timing chain letting go. Oh. Oh, oh yeah. So I looked it up. So I, I did look at what the Ford, you know, service manual says to replace the timing chain. Is it on 5.4? Uh, this was the four six. Four six. Four six. Yeah, and so this was the four six uh, V eight, a small eight. The ones in all the the one that's in everything. Yeah, the interceptors the, uh, and everything. So. The Triton or you could buy a yeah, ground uh, pick and take the motor out and throw it in. It, yeah, probably. exactly. And uh, no, no, we're not going there. That <laughs> is that is like on your best day with a mechanic who's done fifteen of them. No, you're not going there. You're further off to buy a motor from a junk vehicle and put it in. But another thing with these is the spark plugs tend to shatter when you try to remove them. Oh, yeah, those are. Yeah. So every, every single thing I read about it was like, you're going you're gonna to think you can do this job yourself. But then after you've fucked up and the, the sixth out of eight spark plugs breaks off and you have to go through extreme measures to get the, the rest of them out. Oh, here you go. They're on. Fat boy on a fat boy. Maybe I should put LEDs <laughs> on my motorcycle. I think maybe LEDs on your motorcycle is exactly what you need. Dude, that guy had the hair. He did. Like he was bald, but he the was... sides were like 17 <laughs> inches long. He had all the hair in the world and his beard hair yeah. and his head hair yeah. mingled in the back. But nothing on top. <laughs> he looked like front. Haley's Comet. Yeah. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he looked special. You should have just braided all of it together. Yeah. The beard hair and the, and the ear hair. The, the beard, ear hair. And the, the ear hair. The ear hair, the head hair. <laughs> and he still would have been bald on the front and the top. Yeah. But he would have had this majestic braid coming off the back. It looks spectacular. Can you imagine the road rash on his head? Oh, man. I didn't <laughs> think about road rash. It was a general rule. So, so yeah, they're like the... The tire swing of motorcycles. <laughs> it is the tire swing of motorcycles. So the, the Ford van, Betty White, is at Shane's shop. Oh, no. We uh, we AAA towed it over to Shane's because George next door was giving it no love anytime soon. So we thought, we went from, I knew it made a horrible noise and I didn't think it was a starter. Everyone put their money on starter. I put my money on worse than that. And it turns out I was right. But it wasn't running when it made a horrible noise. No, no. It was literally the bike. The, I'm sorry. The car, the truck had run beautifully. And then I turned the key to just move it. Fully charged battery and everything else. Tink. Turn the key and it went. Clap. <laughs> and it just went like a loud metal clack. Like yeah. you just guillotine something. So you might be able to just put a new timing chain in it. It's easier to go in through the rectum. 
Okay. So if you want to put a timing chain in that particular motor, you got to thread it all the way up. The you have to tailpipe. thread it all the way up the tailpipe. <laughs> yeah. But the, doesn't the front cover come off? It's still on the front of the motor. So this you is, take the grill this out is one the of those front. things that I have consulted, not one, but three mechanics I trust and Ryan. Sure. So I've got this. <laughs> I like the way you said that. <laughs> like so I have got it on good authority that, this is about a $2,300 job. Yeah. And depending on the mechanic who does the work, you may or may not have things like air conditioning when you're done. Like <laughs> Every time I've ever known anyone to do incredibly detailed motor swapping type work, repair work on a car, because, you know, I do this on motorcycles, yeah. but I avoid cars because cars are dirty. Like <laughs> cars are dirty and rusty in places they should never be dirty or rusty. That's why I don't work on fucking cars anymore. Not unless it's like modular, like a motorcycle. But so the rule is, do I want to put short game $2,300 into this van or offer it up to the gods? You know, that's James's van anyway. No shit. He tried to buy that van off me like six months ago. Oh. I, I did officially say it's yours. You can have it. Just because there was no title sign means nothing. I, <laughs> words were spoken. It was an oral contract. You can't even take it to the junkyard. So, speaking of cars. <laughs> it doesn't run good enough to get to the junkyard. I'm going to have to pay somebody to take it to the junkyard. So, for our podcast listeners. It's got to be chopped up. If anybody wants an Econ line, circa like 04, that up until this motor was epic. I mean, it's got air suspension still in it. I'm going to take my trailer hitch off. I'm going to take my speakers and head unit out. But I can't take the air suspension out. That shit's in there. And to one lucky... <laughs> to one lucky <laughs> podcast listener. Uh, shipping oh. not included. Shipping absolutely not included. But if anybody needs a very presentable Ford Econoline work van... Rand. Uh, Rand <laughs> went <laughs> parked, motherfucker. Rand went parked. It ran went parked. So, yeah. speaking of cars, I, yeah. my Mitsubishi thing that I have. Yeah. So, uh, I get a letter in the mail from Mitsubishi and it says, Warning. Your front cross member um, was not treated. Your year of your car was not. You mean not... you have a corrosion issue? Yeah. yeah. So it came back and it said, but here's the best part. So it said, your, your metal was not treated. The chance of your front cross member cracking in half is a possibility. Um, we are rectifying this and we will send another letter out very soon and we will have this replaced within weeks. Wow. And then the next day I got a letter that said, Unfortunately, this part is currently out of stock, yeah, and we'll yeah. be manufacturing them at some point. It'll show up with your Takata airbags. Try not right. to drive your car too much. Oh, try not so, to drive so your car too to much. Just to summarize this, they said, your member was not treated. We are rectifying the situation. <laughs> rectify your member. Rectifying your situation. I'm totally going to rectify your member. So I'm like, what am I going to do? I have to drive. I have to right. do that. Yeah, I'm still driving. Drive, I don't give a you shit. Just drive. And you hope it breaks yeah. and they get a But then I'm thinking, like, there's so much stuff that's attached to that rusted thing that's also rusted and fucked yeah. up. That when they take that off, they're oh, yeah. going to break everything else. Of course they will. So they're going to have to fix a lot it's of like shit. It's like the Toyota deal. They would give you a new frame. Like, they would take your truck yeah. in and they would... They would sprinkle all the the, the the fuck you dust around, yeah. and they would like lift the truck up and take the frame out from underneath it, <laughs> and then they would put a new frame under your truck, and that was deemed to be a better option than just giving you 150 percent at Kelly Blue Book to to buy your truck back from you. Yeah, so, I, I don't know why they just it cost. I think it cost them ten thousand dollars to do it. Yeah, and I would have gladly taken ten thousand dollars and bought a new. Truck. Well, so I did. So I had like three of those. I I bought three of those. Oh, you were playing the game. I for was a playing while. the game. 
So I was playing the Tacoma game. And so I did three, I did three Toyota transfers like that. One of them, I had them actually change the frame on because they, the dealership was like, yeah, well, we were really generous with that whole 150% thing. They had the option. Of it. Yeah, they, they, they could had say, the option. Well, we're not going to cash out. And so the they frame. decided to play the game. They had some guys there that learned how to change the frames pretty quickly. But then when they changed the frame, they had to change anything that touched the frame that was also compromised, which meant all kinds of fun shit, steering boxes and all kinds of crap. So essentially, your truck was way better than it was before. I hope so, that's the case. I'd yeah, really like right. them to fix a lot of yeah, shit. Yeah, it would be really cool, right? So my, and my Tundra, they did the same thing. Yeah. But the rear differential was rotted out. Oh, yeah. I mean, the whole axle was rotted out. Yeah. And they would charge me for it. I'm like, fuck, man. What are you charging me for? I'm right. like, the frame was defective. You use the same metal. In what metal. world right. does a whole does an axle rot out? I mean, in the Toyota world, it's I mean, like all that John, stuff is, there are there are the plastic 1968 <laughs> 65 Scout 800s buried in a field somewhere <laughs> that you could pull out, and if you could get it running, you could beat the hell out of it, and it's not the axles aren't going to rust out. I had a '96 Econoline. And the absolute irony and kicking the balls is that my oil pan rotted out. Dude, uh, I can irony. see that. I can see my that. That's cheap. Metal. That's my wife's old Jeep metal. My wife's old Jeep did that. I went to change your oil and I went like this to take the, the thing out. And the mm -hmm. whole fucking oil pan ripped in half and fell out. Well, of Merritt's Hyundai, which is a 2016. Yeah. That's new, recent, right? So 2016, it's got 36,000 miles on it. So it's had like four or five oil changes. <laughs> uh it's had a requisite number of oil changes for a hyundai the service intervals are not what you think they are up to yeah. about six yeah about six thousand miles per service interval i think and but anywho she's going down the road check engine light comes on she does the right thing pulls over the side of the road immediately looks underneath and says oh my god there's oil everywhere right yeah and those have that big plastic pan underneath the car. So it's like the whole car is a giant plastic pan oh, underneath so it's it. All oil. So oil is coming out all over the underside of the car. Like the front of the car, the back of the car, is just oil <laughs> dripping out everywhere. So it looks like the rear seats are leaking oil. For all intents and purposes, it looks like the trunk is leaking oil. <laughs> but that's the way it works because you have a giant plastic yeah, pan right, under right, the car right. for increased aerodynamic efficiency and places for shit to rust. Yes. So we, I told her, go into the Quickie Mart. Buy three quarts of oil, you know, check the stick, nothing on the stick, put in three quarts of oil, drive to your sister's house five miles away as prudently as deemed efficient and safe, and you'll be fine. Well, meanwhile, you know, Billy Joe Jim Bob shows up with a fucking lift truck, right? So dude shows up with a uh, wrecker with the forks on the back, and he's like, yep, I used to work for Hyundai. That's a blown motor. I know that anywhere. Yep, those Hyundais, man, fucking blow motors like nobody's business. That thing's got a blown motor. The good news is, though, it's got a 10-year warranty. They're going to give you a new motor. You get a brand new motor. It's great. We tell you what we'll do. We'll just throw, I got this tow truck right here. We'll just throw you in the back. 160 bucks. I'll get you right over to the Hyundai dealership. 160 bucks? Oh. He says, hold on. I'm going to lift it up and take a look at it. So he puts the forks underneath and lifts the front of the fucker up. He lays on his back, comes out and says, oh, yeah, it's blown motors. No big deal. Hyundai, get a brand new one. They do it all the time. And my wife calls me and I'm at the hearse fucking, you know, the hearse show. Yeah. So I'm at the, like the hearse rally and she's giving me this call about how her Hyundai, the most reliable car in our fleet <laughs> has got a blown up motor. And I'm like, fuck that. And I'm like, first of all, how dare you let a man put your car up on fucking forks? Like yeah. what the fuck? You're my wife. You're a goddamn genius. Now you're in his pocket. Like, is it going to cost you a hundred to put it down? Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Don't ever let a man with a tow truck, put your shit up in the air 
No, I used to repo cars for a living. That's a scam. So I'm like, tell the nice man to put your fucking car back on the ground. Tell him to go fuck his hat. And then do exactly what I told you to do, which is dump three or four quarts of oil in it and get to your sister's house post fucking haste. So, all right. So I hear her negotiating with Cletus in the background. (laughs) And I'm like, no, put Cletus on the phone. I will beat your ass through this phone, motherfucker. Put her car down right now. Or I will rain down upon you hellfire like you've never seen before. As soon as I get back from the hearse rally. (laughs) (laughs) He put the car down. Yeah, I'm sure he did. This guy has a hearse? (laughs) <laughs> I don't want to fuck with this guy. Don't fuck with a guy who has a way to transport your body <laughs> as a Without social event. Yeah. Literally as a social event. Like my my car is not doing its job until you're in it. Yeah. You go back over, it's like, dude, Phil's got a real body. Yeah. Super authentic. You know what? Diorama, five stars. Yeah. Way to go, ground. You know, your your ground scenery is remarkably good. Um, and he looks so dead. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So there's oil coming out from oil's can. <laughs> yeah. Took the car into Hyundai, and you know, I, I put it in the back of my trailer or Dan's trailer. So I put the Hyundai in the back of Dan's trailer, take the car over to Hyundai, get over there, and they call me back. Like their customer service in Hyundai, by the way, is white glove. It's spectacular. We should all learn a lesson about good customer service from Hyundai. They were magical. And I'm sure that had they decided to actually do any work to my car, it would have been astronomically expensive. But since it was under warranty, it turned out to be the oil filter had rusted out. Oh, wow. I'm going to say that again for the cheap seats. The oil filter had rusted out. So it was an STP oil filter. said STP on the side of it in blazing blue letters and red like Superman America. And it had actually rusted around the entire seam of the oil filter where they had like shitty welded it together. And we did check because she did have her service done at Hyundai Mm -hmm. while she was having a warranty thing done. So she had her oil. They put that fucking filter on. Was it it Cletus that put it it on? No, no, it was somebody at Hyundai, right? You know, so yeah. Richard Petty. It was probably my neighbor, Pat, who's a Hyundai mechanic. (laughs) Oh yeah. My old neighbor. Yeah, it was very fun. So they're like, okay, well look, we're checking the motor. We're putting a camera down the plug holes. And if anything looks not right, we're going to give you a new motor. I'd just say, do that, please. And so what, well, but then you see, when you get a new motor in a car, things start to work not right. So I don't know if you've ever replaced a motor in a car. Here's the rule when it comes to cars in today's world. What Japan or Korea hath assembled, let no man disassemble and reassemble outside of captivity. Because shit just won't work right. Well, I'll tell you this. I'll tell you his story was rebuilding a CVT transmission four times. He's like, I rebuilt the transmission. Every time I put it in, you start the car up. It runs good. You put it in drive. As soon as you drive it, kathunk. Right. And it it would go right from first to the highest range and snap the band or something. You know, it was like, he's like, I took it apart. Right. I specced it. I did everything. You know, like every little thing four times in a row and he's like look this is insanity right i obviously for whatever reason i can't fix this send me a new transmission send me a new transmission you know after that was after one and two oh my god yes after three he's like what do you want me to do i don't know you know like they 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 come and they make contact and they're you know it was something with like the wheel you know the 
the pulleys or something would go and they would just they'd make contact and lock up and he's like i That's cannot it. do anything we documented the shit out of it we talked to the service director i'm like look if this thing gets sour at all in the next six years you're replacing this motor and he's like yeah no no questions asked it's all documented that's great we took pictures of the bullshit stp oil filter rotted out mm. but you know we've had k&n filters here at the shop that have the fun little puck nugget on the end right. of it so if your k&n oil filter or uh yeah k&n oil filter or any of the oil filters that have the welded on little nut on yeah. the end uh to help you you know and what's funny is there's different filters have different lines and like the racing line usually are the ones that have the little nut welded to the end of them. It's like the pro filter, the racing filter. Well, whatever robot welded those things together, they, they tend to fuck off. And so if you have a K&N oil filter, they won't let you on the racetrack. So they'll check your part of tech is they'll check the oil filter. And if you have that oil filter, Mid-Ohio is good enough. They will change your oil for free. Dude. Yeah. Oh, really? What is it? Do they think that people are using that nut to tighten it on? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, okay, does does anybody use a wrench to put a oil? One thousand percent of my customers. Oh, I've had to chew yeah. oil filters yes. off. Literally. You know, like yeah. it starts out mild. You put a yep. thing on it. Oh, yeah. That's not getting it. No. Then you get like something else. Right. Then you go, oh fuck it! I gotta, I gotta pound a screwdriver through it and try to get it off that way. Yeah. Twenty-one it millimeter nut. Off. The whole yeah. bottom twists yeah. off. Now you. Like you, like, oh, oh yeah, wow, yeah, four, like, uh, what is it, a 19 millimeter or 21 millimeter nut on the end of those oil filters, right? And people get on there and reef on it with a the fucking, problem, the biggest I mean, wrench they can find. The problem yeah. is, you have, you know, a threaded thing that is yeah. maybe a, uh, you know, three quarters of an inch, maybe, yeah, but it's, you know, going a, through a, a canister, a two and a half inch round diameter yep. surface that it's mating yep. to. Oh yeah. And so if you get that really tight, there is so much, it takes yeah. so much to get that off. It's ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And if, and a lot of people don't, you know, don't put a little film of oil on right. the, on the gasket. Yeah. Forget they all the basic rules. And it's the same. Like when you get your oil changed at some of these places, if you're in a hurry or something like that, I don't know what gorilla they have in the pit, but that dude has like 47 foot pounds of torque on the, <laughs> just on on the, his hand. No, on the, what do you, the, not the, the filter, but the plug. Like oh, the yeah, plug. yeah, yeah. The yeah. drain plug. Yeah. Cause yeah. I've, I've like, you know, in the winter when like I, I don't feel like laying on the garage and right. doing it, you need to get an oil oh, change. Yeah. I'll go to an oil change right. place. And then in spring, I'm like, oh, I'll fucking do it myself. Right. And then you're under there with like a three foot torque bar trying to not <laughs> destroy your fucking oil pan to get the thing off. I remember like, one of the first projects that I worked on when I was a new mechanic at Pride of Cleveland Scooters back, <laughs> way back when, it was a beautiful green CB350 that I was going through and I was getting it up and running. Yeah. And the was it a four or a twin? It was a twin. It was a twin. And it looked like new. The drain plug was stuck like a fuck. Yeah. And I had a breaker bar on. I had everything. And I'm like, <laughs> God damn. I'm like, and I, I, and it was one of those moments where I'm like, well, I'm not breaking this fucker. I'm going to go get Phil. I'm going to go get Phil. Let Phil break this shit. And literally, I held it on yep. with a, you know, a three, eh, two and a half, three foot breaker bar while Phil put his foot on it yep. and kicked it. And it was like, well, it's either going to come up or it's going to break. It's going to break. One of the two. Yeah. And it came out, but it was like, holy fuck, that thing wow. was so Oh, my tight. God. Um, would anyone like to guess, just for fun, I'm going to pull the numbers up. We don't have the screen, so unfortunately, don't have that. The uh, So we could pantomime it. We could pantomime it. Yeah, we, we absolutely could. The uh, So would anyone like to guess what the torque spec is for the Ducati any of the Ducatis, we'll say Diavel or Multistrada or whatever. Um, would anyone like to guess what the torque spec is of 
the uh, that one giant fucking round like big nut so that you could like you know go into the pits and and knock the rear wheel off so quickly put the rear wheel on and put the nut back on and then put the cotter pin in and go you're off oh, another I lap see, one of those a right quick change it's a big fucking 55 nut yeah. yeah 55 millimeter one fucking nut 250 and, foot pounds yeah i was gonna right. say 250 right around there yeah so uh here's the interesting thing that we've had happen and we've had a lot of these come in and We've experienced this problem on a lot of these bikes. Um, apparently, the torque spec on it is 230 newton meters. Okay. Whatever that is, we can we can do a we'll do a, a quickie. Communist um, units. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we'll uh, 230 NB in foot pounds. All right, there we go. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 da. Okay. One billion. One billion foot pounds uh, that's 170 foot pounds wow or 130 yeah. pound feet if you want to get the accurate okay. right well you so, see like you know i went i went and watched ford yeah. versus ferrari yeah. uh, good and you see in the pits where they have a six foot yeah. fucking breaker bar to get those little speed lugs off oh yeah or back then they used to have the hammer with those the you know like the three spikes and they'd whack it with yeah, the knock yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so you had knockoffs and i've had knockoffs on a few of my old british cars but this, uh, so we have a, a picture of you have a, a knockoff drive shift. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I will say that the 130 foot pounds is about the right axle torque for the one nut for the one for, nut. for a front wheel drive car. All right, it is. Uh, so we have this photograph of Sparky hanging from a six foot long cheater pipe <laughs> and Sparky's about 175 pounds, 180 pounds. And he's hanging in the air at the end of a six foot long cheater pipe. So that's six times 200 Colin. Yeah. That's 1200 foot pounds. And it wasn't busting it loose. Oh, geez. We, um, we, how we started the mission as, as we do, how we do put the wheel. We, What's that? How do you hold the wheel from just turning? You know, like well, that's the other trick is that you put the bike in gear and you have the biggest guy in the shop hold the rear brake. Yeah. So you have the biggest guy in the shop, the bike's in gear, and the biggest guy in the shop is standing on the rear brake. Now, it's a Ducati, which means the rear brakes don't work <laughs> most of the time. That's just a Ducati thing. And then the hydraulic clutch goes while you're doing that. But they can't make clutch fluid or brake fluid stay inside a Ducati ever. But so we've done a several of these now. And the funny thing is we have bought many of these specialized tools from Ducati that range in price between $75 and $200 mm -hmm. that you put over this damn nut and you hook it to your Dugga Dugga. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in the world of Dugga Duggas, there's air Dugga Duggas and there's electric Dugga Duggas. And the air Dugga Duggas. You need that thing from the tank. Right, right. We need a swench, right? Yeah. So the air Dugga Duggas, air is a compressible thing, right? Yeah. So... People forget that one of the nicest things about pneumatic tools, as opposed to hydraulic tools, is air is compressible. Yeah. So when you fuck up with an air tool, it compresses and takes a lot of the impact away. Right. Pneumatic tools, are, or hydraulic tools on the other hand, it doesn't compress and you can destroy shit real badly. Like when you have a hydraulic energy going that way in any sort of a pump or a lift or a, a sleeve, you know, it will just take your fingers right off. Or, or you even, use a log splitter, 
Right. To put, to put bearing razors in, you might lose a finger. You'd probably lose a finger, right. Well, the AVE just had a... Porta powers and stuff. AVE know? just had a yeah. video where he showed how how hydraulic fluid just coming out of a hose can oh. kill you. Oh, it can go like right in your skin. Like a pinhole can yeah. throw right through. It, it and goes you. right in your skin and poisons you yeah, under right. your skin. Lose fingers like that all the time. Yeah. So we go after this with the air dugga dugga. So we go after it with the air dugga dugga, thinking that's more pleasant and gentle mm -hmm. than the electric dugga dugga because we don't have a hydraulic dugga dugga. We just have the air and the electric. Right. And the air is for when you need things to come apart. The electric is when there's no more negotiations. <laughs> this is fucking coming apart. Right. So it's going to break whatever you hit if it doesn't come apart. Right. So with air, you can kind of dial it up and dial it down. And we tried that and the air was getting nowhere. With you this. tried being nice. We did. And then you grab the tool that just says Harbor Freight on the side. <laughs> and it just and we've written in Sharpie motherfucker on the side. Because if you hold the trigger on this electric impact wrench from Harbor Freight, it will break your fucking wrist now. Yeah. They he same dude. Yeah. He did Harbor Freight, what is it, Earthquake or the something? Earthquake. Earthquake yeah. XL. Yeah. I have an Earthquake yeah. XL, yeah. yeah. And then the what's the big expensive brand? Snap, Snap on, on or something? Yeah. And he put them toe to toe, and right. like the Snap-on had like less torque than yeah. the fucking Harbor Freight. Harbor Freight one, just lets it go. Yeah. But we have the earthquake in the back, and yeah. it did not successfully do the job. Wow. When that doesn't work, we bring out the electric, and bringing out the electric is just cheating. And it's also accepting the fact you're going to destroy whatever right. you're you're putting it on. I'm surprised you don't have the three quarter inch Harbor Freight two handled fucking big pneumatic semi truck fucker. Because again, these are motorcycles, <laughs> not. Chessy railway cars, you know, They're, we're not working on fucking, you know, lot, like literally one to one scale line all trains around here. We're working on fucking motorcycles. We shouldn't own that shit. In fact, owning it is a sign of a problem. We do have the big red kit from Harbor Freight that has the giant two foot long breaker bar and the giant 55 millimeter, all the cool big giant. You live sizes. by the thorder, three quarter inch drive air, air pneumatic inch. hammer. Fucker, you, you die, die by, it. by it. We put the electric on it. The electric didn't move it one inch. So we did. We put a six-foot breaker bar and a 175-pound man at the end of it. <laughs> and that's what broke it free. After we destroyed three of these tools using the air and the electric. Oh. Because the tool dies. Yeah. The nut doesn't come off. Right. You just destroy the tool. Yeah. So the, the socket fucking couldn't make it. The, so the socket couldn't hang. You'll never hear that bike shift into second gear, by the way. That's our friend Harry Palace, who runs uh, Nick's Diner uh, on the near west side. Harry bought that V-Rod years ago and has never put any oil in the transmission. So about a year and a half, two years ago, we diagnosed his transmission as being dry. And it, that's why it wouldn't shift into second gear. And he couldn't only put it into neutral when the motor was turned off. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. I wonder if he got that from the guy who owned Line on the Rain, who had that same problem. Well, again, that Porsche motor that's in those V rods—it's like a Harley designed by Porsche, so right. it has like tolerances. Yeah, which Harleys don't normally <laughs> do tolerances. Right. And so you do have to change the transmission oil in those every so often. Oh wow! Right. And uh, as opposed to the Harley Davidsons, which doesn't really matter. No. But. But they're well, gonna, you know. Usually they run out of meth in the in the crank. In the crank, yeah, crank so technically. Well, he's <laughs> he's rides that bike that way because he cannot go into second gear. <laughs> so he goes first, 
third. And he brings it back again. And then to get neutral, he has to turn the bike off. Wow. Yeah. Because he brought it by the shop one time because none of the lights were working. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. All the lights aren't working. And I went, yeah, it's a V-Rod. And you've, you've stabbed it with screwdrivers, didn't you? And he's like, yeah, well, I don't know. And I was like, yeah, we're not touching that. <laughs> and then he's like, well, it also doesn't seem to shift into second anymore. So I was like, okay, let me check. And I was like, there's no oil in it. Yeah. He goes, should I put oil in it? I'm like, yes. Oh. <laughs> you yeah. might need oh, that. No. Yeah. Metal, uh, metal that's contacting metal usually requires. Oh, anybody want to buy a Buddy One Twenty Five? Oh God, I have one. Of it came it. in with one tablespoon of oil in it. Ooh, it's just fine though. Seventy nine hundred miles yeah. and six years since its last Ooh. oil change. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Put some oil in it. It'll go that's for another. It that's how long it takes to go through twenty eight ounces of your thirty two ounces of oil. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it makes a really, really interesting noise from the bottom end. <laughs> it does I'm run. Sure it does. She rode it over here from the heights with four ounces of oil in the motor. Wow. Who, it fucking who is runs. this person? A I person. You pull that drain they own a restaurant? Like two drips. Yeah. It's like, that's what was held in the little cup. That's what, yeah. <laughs> Sparky showed me the oil that came out of it. And it was basically just metal shavings holding oil together. Nice. And I was like, wow. And it ran. She rode it over here. What color bike? Green. Okay. Yeah. She wrote it over here. And it was fucking, I was like, and pulling it into the shop, I was like, tag, 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 tag. I was like, this is not good. Well, I see a black one in the Heights that yeah. some lives by me somewhere. Yeah. So I'll be on my red one and I'm like, hey, what's up? You yeah. Know? And we, we were at a stoplight one day and they, they pulled up and this thing's like, yeah. and I was like, this thing, it's it dying. It's incredible violence to kill a buddy. Yeah, it really yeah. does. They're one the of the greatest glass. motors I've ever experienced, but it does take a lot of violence to kill a buddy. There's not much that you should ever, I, honestly, you shouldn't ever. I only had to, I rebuilt one buddy, and that yeah. was a buddy that somebody was riding on the highway and never put oil in Never it put oil in it. And vaporized all the oil yeah. out, and yeah. I think that's the deal with this one, too. I think that six years and 9,000 or 8,000 miles didn't help, but she, I think she, she cooks on the highway quite a bit, too. But it's no funny, oil will kill any motor. Because a buddy says right on the headstock, change oil every 600 It, it literally says that on the fucking headstock. So it does recommend way too frequent oil changes. Yeah, that's that's nothing. That's I thought it was yeah. for the first thousand or it says and then thousand. The first six hundred kilometers or five hundred kilometers yeah. and then every thousand, thousand kilometers after it. that. That's it. You're yeah. changing the oil more frequently than you're putting gas in it right, at that right. point. But yeah, it is hilarious. Um, anybody own Harley Davidson stock? No. Woo! Not a good time to own Harley Davidson stock. Where's it going? Yeah, not the great way. No, it's going into the goddamn Harley shaped dumper. It is really, really <laughs> ugly right now. It's a bad time. So they have a new CEO, and uh, they're really, really in bad shape. I, yeah. I hate to say it this way, but every motorcycle shop I work with in town, we're all singing the same thing. We're all like, dude, we're selling bikes. We're selling bikes like fucking crazy because social distancing has got people going like, I can't have fun any other way. I either used to know how to ride a motorcycle or I still can ride a motorcycle. I'm buying a motorcycle. Because motorcycles are like instant gratification and like you can go from not having fun to having fun really quickly with a motorcycle. Helmet or no helmet, it's up to you. But the Harley Polaris guys. Buy, I hope Polaris buys mods. Oh my God. Oh, that'd be awesome. <laughs> oh my God. All Harley Davidsons become oh. three wheel, two wheel, like just be fucked up looking no. cars. And they're, no, and they're all made in Canada. Yeah. 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 <laughs> But, but you know what's more they likely all become liquid cooled and they all run really well right. and they're all they what is actually more likely to happen frankly motorcycle companies 
motorcycle companies history lesson in the past five years would be they'd be bought by an Indian company. Uh, yeah. yeah. They're held because, by a holding company. They got bought by, they're being held by, what is it? Uh, not Deloitte. Oh, shit. What's the big equity firm that buys up companies? Oh, I can't think of the name, but oh, well. Yeah, well. Uh, Hathaway. Or a hedge Berkshire, fund. Or, you know, Berkshire, those, Hathaway. Berkshire Hathaway. Yeah. Something along that, but not that one. Ah, yes. It'll I just bought my 2022 Bajaj Sportster. Bajaj Davidson. Because I read this. I read an article about Oh, you this. did? Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't look into it at all. Oh, maybe so. helping you, Davidson. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Would you like uh, a purple squishy with your motorcycle? <laughs> and then when you leave the store... Come again. <laughs> it is Harley-Davidson Motor Group LLC. So that's the parent organization. The Harley-Davidson Motor Group Incorporated, according mm -hmm. to the Wikipedias. The, uh, but that is, I mean, uh, let me see here. It says subsidy arrangements, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There's a lot of information about this. So that's quite something. No, the, I could uh, be wrong. It's okay. But the interesting thing, it's, uh, you know, they have manufacturing in York, uh, Pennsylvania, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Kansas City, Missouri, which is closed now. That's closed. And, All uh, of Kansas City's closed. What's that? Just yeah. well, they just gave up. They were like, ah, you know, it's too confusing. We're not a city. Yeah, anymore. we're a city and we're a state at the same time. We're yeah, named after city. one state, but we're in a different state. It's really strange. Uh, Manal, Brazil, uh, Bawai, India, and they did build a plant in Thai. They started building a plant in Thailand in 2018, but I don't know if they finished it. So uh, who knows, right? But the long and short of it is. This is a really, really weird time because unless somebody can tell me otherwise, I did pay a visit recently to our Harley-Davidson dealer down the street, and he is not having a supply chain problem. So he is not running out of motorcycles the way that some of us are running out of motorcycles. So it's a very weird thing that in certain parts of the motorcycle segment, Bikes are selling faster than anybody can get them in. Well, you can't buy a, a Harley Davidson on stimulus money. And that's true, too. And that might be a big part of why we're selling so many. And yet it's weird that we're selling our TNT 135s like fucking crazy. Very, very hard to get those in time. I got still got a back order list on those. You struck while the iron was perfectly hot, yeah. by the way. You got yours the last day we had one to sell to, the, you, know, to you. Yeah. Everyone else has had to wait. But Vespas too, like Vespas are, we cannot possibly get enough of them to cover. They also have a problem because they have 20 fucking color options. So that makes it more confusing. Well, so maybe we have, Indians are just better at building Harley Davidsons. Well, and this is that weird thing. It's a very, very strange thing uh, where it is Harley Davidson shares at one point in 2007 were up to $70 a share. And they have fallen off the S and P. So two. What are they down to now? I'll tell you right now. Uh, Buy low, sell high. Well, it I is really. Have it, but I switched phones, so. Oh yeah. The uh, that is one of those things that it's it's the first time ever it's been outside. It's been off the charts, so the wrong way. So it's at twenty six oh three right now. Wow. Nice, nice. So it's a, it's a 20s. It had dropped as low as. No, today it dropped to 25. So today yeah. it, it dropped to uh, today. It dropped to 25. So, so now's, the, now's the time to buy. It really is. Um, stock. 
Well, but they they have they have changed it because it did go as low yeah. as fifteen dollars. Yeah. So in April it was as low as fifteen bucks, but then they did a massive sh- uh, stock buyback, and that's what brought them up now. And so that's why they're up to twenty five right did, now. Didn't so that that um that Fortnite dude did a whole video on mm-hmm. on the you know the death of Harley Davidson. He called it right. So, but when they do that stock split stuff, that's yeah. just numbers for them, it's right? Literally it's literally just, just they're basically yeah. fucking themselves they in the are. long run, right? Yeah, to go from over sixty bucks a share to fifteen dollars a share, yeah, is really really creepy. But the thing is, and to like, do that in two years, but didn't they, so? I mean, but there's more to it than that. Like right. when they do that st- stock split, it gives them like a balance line to work yeah. with cash. But it's it's just they're just using their own. They're basically yeah. lending themselves. Yeah, money. lending themselves money. Right. But yeah. it also yeah. makes yeah. the when you do a split. Yeah. Sometimes it makes the stock more attractive. Right. For people to buy it so that's true it it raises the like your capital in the Mm -hmm. the entire system gotcha i mean stocks are kind of stupid i mean i think stocks are kind of stupid i mean right now they're a very bad market sense because bonds you're it's basically getting a loan from a group of people and then then eventually it's retired but a stock like once your initial ipo is paid out and if you're retaining more than 51 percent of your stock then what's the point of having the stock? I mean, right. yeah. I mean, it's basically gambling. Yeah, yep. right, right. And what they're calling for right now is they, they really do see that it's lost over 50% of its value. And what they're suggesting is, at this point, it doesn't just seem like it's a hiccup. They're saying it's, it's turned into a deterioration of the value of the company. Wow. And a lot of the stuff that we were excited to see at the motorcycle show last year, when we looked at the Pan America, we looked at the Bronx, um, that's it's all been canceled. Oh, really? That's all canceled. So those products that they put a lot of time and money into using as a way to re-energize their marketplace and get younger people into it uh, or adventure riders into it, um, that's done. They're, they're uh, shutting they're those up. They, they can only afford to make like what they can, their legacy stuff. Like They can't yeah. afford to research and develop. They can't afford to open new manufacturing. They'll right. be lucky if they can keep the molds that they already own going. The problem is, too, that they went, they, they have like 25 different bikes. I mean, more than 25 right. bikes. And it is. And that was the joke is you could buy a, you could buy a soft tail 18 different ways, you know, and that really was uh, that was a tough thing. Their uh, their strategies have been called like rewire hmm. and the new strategy. So they had the rewire strategy and they turned that into the hardwire strategy. Right. And of course, they have the live wire product. It still and implies that they're everything... going to start selling electric motorcycles, which they right. really aren't. Right, and that's and that's been little Bronco. That's right. a yeah. V8. That's a V8 Bronco two. Yeah, it's yeah. A Bronco two for sure. It's Bronco two for sure. They don't come with V8. No, no. I had when it was a six. I think that's probably a suitable V8. Yeah, yeah. I like how it's in OJ Simpson white. It, it is in OJ Simpson. It looked good. So what is that like when Urkel kills his wife? Are they gonna have an OJ edition? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> oh my god! That's the new Bronco. I do not understand why. Does thirty exactly? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. And yeah. you drive from the back seat. Free pair, free pair of undersized gloves in the compartment. The glove compartment. Oh my god! Yeah. Did, so, did you see that they were going to release the Bronco on his birthday? Oh, and they changed it. <laughs> no, seriously. God. Oh, it was just like random. It happened like that. Yeah, and, and they, they so they moved it like ahead four days. So really? That it wouldn't happen. <laughs> oh man, 
That's amazing. That's spectacular. So it was it was either the birthday or the car chase. It was, it was one of those. Like something, anniversary, an anniversary yeah. or something OJ related. Yeah. 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 I guess. Yeah, right. <laughs> they should have put the pedal to metal and just done it. So our oh, friend yeah. Chris, we have, a, we have a friend named Chris uh, who's an attorney, and he has a white Bronco of the correct vintage. Right. And his license plate has said for ages, not OJ. He's local here. He lives in Lakewood, too. So, amazing. Yeah. so since stuff. you're on the financial end of the yes. uh, the, the the podcast, I read uh, recently that um, Remington Arms has oh, declared okay. bankruptcy. No way. That's what and, I. So that's I was no mistaken way. about that. Me, okay. After I said that about Harley Davidson, then I was sitting there thinking, was that Harley or was that some other company? And it was another company, and it was Remington. Remington Arms. Are and, you kidding me? And, and do you see who's in line to purchase Remington Arms? Who? The Navajo Nation. Yes, that was wow. one of them. It was the Nav- they're trying to make a package. They were negotiating with the Navajo Nation or one of the major. Yes, yes, one. Yes, yes. I love everything about that. So, yeah. yeah. So talk about the world coming back to bite you in the ass. Huh? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Why? I, I, I'm still confused. How in the fucking hell can Remington? How well, can Remington? They were saying they got hit really hard after the whole Bushmaster thing and the Sandy Hook, and they were getting a lot of pressure on that. No, they're uh, well, really, uh, I, I, I really? guess AR-15s yeah. and they spent a lot of money settling lawsuits and stuff. But they filed bankruptcy like twice. Yeah, they're in bankruptcy again now. Yeah. They're just trying to like kind of make it a package to try to sell it to, to find a you buyer. You can't find a gun to buy. Like every place I know that sells so guns not. to idiots, they're, they're like screwed the retail over. gun so buying world. But now they're getting screwed empty. over by COVID nineteen and not being able to to manufacture or something like that. I don't know. It was, oh my which, god! I you know, you know, which means they were so precariously set. They must as have a been. company right, right. that they had no no working capital to keep them going. It must have been just bad management. Well, and, and you know, you pr- got to give bad management a. Hell of a lot of credit yeah, for ruining for, companies. For ruining a company that's been around since 1850-something. Well, yeah, or or yeah. Harley Bad Management. I mean, right. these, these companies They're, are out there rolling along. I mean, so. name some Remington, name some new Remington products. I, can only, I only need to name one, and it will be enough to keep any company alive for as long as you want to keep it alive. Remington 1100 series shotguns. Yeah, but, but that's all they've done. Really? You know, they've got the, the 1100 okay. and the 1187 is contracted in 870s yeah. to yes. every military and law enforcement that draws a breath. Yeah. Plus, you've got small arms. I mean, oh, man. We have Mossberg, but Mossberg but the thing of it is, competes yeah. directly with that. If you look at the 870s so. that are in Cleveland cop cars, yeah. they were purchased 20-some years ago. Of course ago. they were. Yeah. Absolutely. They, you know, they, it's just a, it rides around in a cop car. It never yeah. gets replaced. They're beat up all the fuck. But, but you got to imagine you're not, that. You, you're competing against companies like Caltech and stuff, which right. comes out with some new, really super cool yeah, something every year. Yeah. You know, everybody's innovating and or coming like up Benelli, with like And they're like, we'll also make motorcycles. Yeah, well, I, you know. They're, they're, Remington doesn't have a, a, a name as being a high quality or super you know do anything it's bread and butter as oh an 1100's a great shotgun right. 870 is a great shotgun yeah. plus uh, uh, but plus, what about pistols what about right. uh, you know the bushmaster was great right. but they got they took a beating on that yeah but i think henry but so now insane. there's but now you can buy a 500 ar-15 so you're right. a bushman now you're you're selling oh, yeah. a 1500 bushmaster at a 500 dollar right. market but yeah that's henry true. and marlins took all the classic guns away from Yeah, all the lever actions and stuff that everybody wanted to have that were Remington's historically. Now it's become very in vogue to buy a Henry rifle, you know, so and Marlins. So 
It's a very interesting thing. It just seems to be like, how do you fuck that pig wrong to be Remington and not just ride that into the world? It's the one goddamn thing. It's like being the Catholic Church. Being Remington is as American as anything is. You know period. what people are buying right now? A Rivers. lot of handguns. They have Rivers. a really good re- Remington handgun that you would buy no, right now I can't. for personal carry. I can't. And I'm a gun guy. So there you yeah. go. So I can't. I, I can't think of a single Remington arms. I mean, Remington makes pistol. it 1911, I think, but that's, well, everyone does. Yeah, yeah. The 1911 term shouldn't even be used outside of the cult, but but they know, don't yeah. have a compact. They don't right. have a you they know. Don't. They don't, you know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Here tonight on Gun Talk. Well, the, there's uh, always going to be a little bit of that. Yeah, that'll happen. But it is a strange thing to hear that Remington's going into that into that position. That's just crazy to me. I mean, that's just bonkers. In a time too when all Americans are scared and buying guns. Because guns will save you from the coronavirus. Don't you know that? Guns are fun. Well-stacked arsenal. I shot a corona in my backyard the other night. How <laughs> <laughs> we got there, I'll never know. Oh, I saw it was running. Piper was out there playing. The cup pops up behind the garage. I run over <laughs> towards her. Oh, pow, I Zap. got it. Took care shot of a corona. Uh, <laughs> shot a corona. Oh, they do get the most out of this. I'm so glad we're recording outside because it is so insane. <laughs> Uh, Jerry, meme? Jerry Minikowski sent us a message on Patreons. Hey, thanks for keep posting on the YouTube. Yeah. I enjoy watching the interactions and watching the same screen as the crew. Your computer screen is in the, the it is camera. kind of in the shot. Yeah, I guess yeah, you'd yeah. have to really, really stretch for that. What but. happened to our guest star tonight? Oh, so I have no idea, but we were supposed to have a guest star tonight. Uh, Wayne Robertson, James Robertson, our parts director and our shop manager. Uh, and strong man and strong man and triathlete and uh, owner of expensive bicycles mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Wayne James brother Wayne who is part of our family and has helped us in so many ways over the years um, in fact we renamed the drink the painkiller the Wayne killer because of band camp uh, just because of band camp uh, Wayne is all the love and all the fun in one package he yeah. is great uh, it is wonderful that Wayne and James are brethren Although I have also seen them kick the shit out of each other on numerous occasions. And that is one you don't want to be in. Yeah, right. That is a Clash of the Titans scenario. When you see Wayne and James just being like, fuck it, it's on. And they roll into a, a brother battle. Imagine that. Do you ever do you ever think like what their parents had to deal with as children? I can only imagine. <laughs> I'm I sure they didn't deal with I shit. They're just like, they had, ah, fuck no, I think they probably have like a, an account with drywall. When you're done, when you're done <laughs> go get me another beer. <laughs> and that's why they're and that's why all the Robertson yeah. That's why all the Robertsons are very handy. Yeah. They're all very handy around the house. A lot of drywall repair in that household. Right. If you're going to punch the wall, don't hit a stud. Yeah, right. right. That's it. So, Keep your punches 16 inches off that's, center. That's exactly <laughs> it. See where that hole punch is? See where that punch mark is? Move on. 16 inches. It's going to save you a lot of trouble and broken knuckles, boy. You fuck up and punch it on center, you're going to break a knuckle. You're going to go to the hospital. It's going to suck. Well, so, why, are, why, why are all the studs marked with the line on the top of the thing? <laughs> Just so we don't break so our hands. So the boys know where to punch. That is it. So the Wayne Killer's MIA. The Wayne Killer's MIA. He was supposed to come out tonight. He, we made a big deal about making sure he was going to be here. And he's like, you know, he's moved out to California with his wife, Margaret. We're all pretty sure he's out somewhere. Tonight. Oh, he's, he's out just not here. with, you know, all the other Robertsons. So, you know, he's with Rob and, you know. But what sucks is if, if we would have known he was not coming, we could have been in John's pool recording the podcast. Oh, man. Okay, so the other podcast, uh, the other Patreon note we have was uh, from Dave. Uh, Dave says, topic idea. I love we're going to hit the topic idea two and a half hours in. 
Uh, ting. Uh, 150 cc scooters, scooter big board kits, and used scooter bargains. I was wondering if you guys could do a roundup of the available 150 cc scooters. How do the Liberty Sprint Buddy kick like Fiddle Three and S Max, or as we call Smacks, compare as far as fun, speed, acceleration, reliability, and fit for a six foot tall person and storage? Give with, res- respect, with respect <laughs> to scooter modifications, are any of the big board kits worth it, or are we just talking about a slight increase in performance at the yeah. cost of a big decrease in reliability? Yep. Again, see earlier quote about what Japanese factory has joined. Let no man separate. Finally, as far as cheap project scooters go, are there any you would recommend? 80s Riffic Revo 180s are available for $500. Is it worth picking one up as a project? Should a laid down buddy be avoided due to the soft steel frame? What would you buy? Gracias, Dave. Okay, because we're not going to touch any of the initial shit, because that deserves its own thing about 150cc scooter shootout. Buddy. Buddy. I want to talk to you about the Revo 180. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The only way to clean a Revo 180 yeah. carburetor yeah. is to take all the bodywork off the Revo 180. Yeah. Take the motor out of the Revo 180. Yeah. And yeah. then clean the carburetor. Yeah. Revo 180s and Revo 125s have the hardest to access carburetor of any motorcycle I've ever worked on. And I have worked on PC 800s and all kinds of other horrible shit where it's like surgically designed to not get to the carburetor. Revo it's, 180s are cheap for a reason. It's on the magma or saber type. Yes, it l- is. Level. It's in the same level as like a V4, right? And, and and the thing for me, like any like looking at a 150 scooter, 150 cc scooter, or something yeah. like that. Like I don't even know if you're going to go faster, if you're going to do anything more than the Buddy 125. Right. I don't like. And even if it does four miles an hour faster, right. the reliability and unkillability of a Buddy. Now is, he brings up the point about well, a crashed Buddy because the the soft steel frame, and that's true. Buddies have a very soft frame. They are. I've got five broke. I've got five bent ones in the back. Yeah. Now the bad news about a buddy is you can bend the frame by getting on it. Its <laughs> weight capacity is like 195 pounds. Yeah. Uh, no, nobody ever plays by that, right? No, no. Right. So it's if you read the numbers and you look at GVWR versus vehicle weight, you'll realize that like I can't technically ride a buddy. Right. But I don't stop me from riding a buddy. <laughs> no. Right. And me and five of my friends have ridden on a buddy at the same time. Yeah, the Super Cub could take my wife and I that are over 500 pounds. Yeah, it's a crazy it. thing, man. So Maybe so not five. The buddies do have soft metal, tub- like the tubular steel in buddies Something. is very bendable. Yeah. And John and I have sat on scooters where we grab the handlebars and just pull the handlebars back into our belly, <laughs> oh. you know? And there's a lot of The good, news is, good news is you can't bend them back with like some ratchet straps. Right. And that's yep. the thing is we have straightened out a lot of buddy frames yeah. that were just off by a little bit. And with the correct application of ratchet straps, you can straighten a buddy right back out again. But I mean, just I, it, it's Most the one bike that yeah. just always works. Well, but as we said, a that, buddy is an unkillable man. little bike. And also, I don't know if a, but they're if, so small, if crashing a buddy or laying down a buddy is going to really bend the frame to yeah. the point where you can't ride it. Any curb interaction will destroy the frame of a buddy. Yeah. According to the insurance point is company. The, is the, is the front, is yeah. the headset and yeah. the front end. The yeah. back part's fine, yeah. but you, you sometimes get problems with geometry yeah. Oh yeah. If, with a hard hit to the front or something like that. That is weird. They don't normally go that way. I gotta tell you, Fairview's right there. Why are they going that? Why way? are they going that way? Unless they gotta go get somebody. They to take must them be. Back. They were down That's there true. having. A, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, now my new favorite, my new absolute favorite in the world of scooters, because we sold a lot of them and they never had a problem, is the Liberty One Hundred and Fifty. 
because it's got fuel injection, ABS brakes, built-in immobilizer system, Piaggio build quality. It's not from China. It's from Vietnam. So a whole other race of people we've alienated. But it is a fantastically well-built scooter. And our customers love them. So I'd say if you're not going to spend Primavera money, you can buy two. You can buy two Liberties for the price of one Primavera. Um, my money still goes with the, the Vespa, the a proper Vespa as being the best built. Mm-hmm. It's by far the strongest. Um, you get an old Vespa GTS. We have one of our customers. Uh, I'm not going to say his name, but he sounds like a vampire when he talks. <laughs> and he ran into a friend of ours on one of Roy McKinney's wild rides the other day. So we got this guy, Roy McKinney. He drives always a little too aggressively, but he leads a group of scooter people around all over the place, and he does rides constantly. But in this case, Roy was not cooking it a little hotter than he should have. They were simply one of the riders that got held back by a traffic light. The rest of the group had pulled off to the right to stop, as happens. And then the guy... One dude looked over his shoulder to see, like, you know, is, is, is he still coming? But while he was looking over his shoulder to see if he was still coming. Oh, he did the old. Uh... He ran directly into the back of Bill Marar <clears throat> and hit Bill Marar enough to throw Bill Marar 30 feet through the air oh, wow. shit. on his bike. Wow. So Bill's in the hospital. I didn't know any yeah. of this. Yeah, it just happened. And so Bill's in the hospital and, you know, Bill did the Lake Erie loop. Like, we know Bill. We like Bill. And. So nailed Bill, this uh, this Vespa GTS the guy was driving is in here, and it looks like you took an axe, like a fire axe, <laughs> and just attacked the entire front leg shields of this Vespa wow. because it's where the metal of the Vespa oh, yeah. reached out and took a bite out of whatever motorcycle Bill was riding. Yeah. And it's just like the Vespa from the, from the other side looks perfect. <laughs> and from the back, it looks perfect. And then you get to the front, and it looks like Jaws bit this Vespa. Just one time. But the Vespa is still totally rideable and totally functional. Wow. And it's a it just has a chunk missing out of its face. It's literally just missing a chunk out of the front of it. It's like you're just missing a big part of your thigh, but you could still run. You know? You get to the bang like shark bite you. Yeah, it happens. It's It's a monster can. Right. (laughs) Yes. And so it is a really like that's how strong Vespas are. They're crazy strong. So and they are crazy strong. It's like anybody who does the cannonball run or the, the scooter cannonball, the bike to ride is always a Vespa. I mean, like everyone agrees. If you want to make it across America and back, you just, you, you get a Vespa. Like, well, what bagel has, how well, how many miles did he put on his A bucket? billion. Yeah. Yeah, like, a billion. A billion. Yeah, a billion a on GTS a Vespa GTS. A GTS 250 or GTS okay. 300. I've oh, got good. the Deer Slayer, which is now Scoot Baca, which has got a hojillion miles on it. And that's also a GTS 250. It's a GTS 250 that hit a deer and was endo, 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 roll, 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 and has been put back together again and runs perfect. And it's like, it's my my dad's selling a, a GTV 250 if anyone's looking for a GTV that's 250. That's a really good bike. So the GTV uh, 250s are. That's headlight on the fender? That's a, the V stands for vintage. Mm-hmm. So it's got a down low or what they call a Fado Basso. It's a low headlight. A color? Basso. What color? It's, it's green. For? Oh, yeah, it's the Portofino Green. Portofino Green. Portofino Green. Very handsome bike. Mm -hmm. So those are great, and they don't die. They just run forever. You can run them on 87-octane gas as long as you want. doesn't hurt a damn thing. I would like to speak to the big bore thing. 
Yeah. At least I I know I did at least one or two big board oh, kits yeah. on a buddy. Yeah. So that was the 170 kit from yeah. Scoo uh, uh, Scooter Works. Scooter Works. Yeah. Um, it you know I don't I wasn't worth the trouble. No. And the juice considering you can squeeze. get a buddy 170, why? Right. You know? I totally agree. And and putting a kit and I've ridden a lot of Espas that have Melosi kits on them, and it is quicker, you know. But it's not. I I don't not feel a red like. Lady. I don't feel like there's a well, huge increase in reliability. On a oh, well, on a Vespa, which is fuel-injected, a fuel-injected right. Vespa, I'd put a power commander on it before I put a Oh, absolutely. Kit. Yeah, that would, yeah, you get more out absolutely. of that. That's what this dude, um, he, he has the TNT 125, and he put the 155cc head on it. Yep. And then, but to do that, you have to get a whole new computer. Yeah. You have to get a new injector. Oh, yeah. A bigger injector and all yeah, that. Absolutely. So he did all this. It was like $1,000 worth of mods to yeah. do 20 cc's. Yeah. And he has no more top speed, no. but it gets to 60 like a second faster. Yeah. It's just not yeah, worth the not hassle. Worth and you're, you're yeah. taking away reliability yeah. and your warranty and keep everything. Keep it original. Else. Keep yeah. it keep yeah. it reliable and just put miles on it. Yeah. And become We're a not better smarter rider. than the engineers. No. Yeah. That's oh, true. and I will say that one of the big bore kits that I did was I think on Dustin's bike. Yeah. Was putting the second big bore kit after the first big bore kit right. blew up. And that's true too. <laughs> right. That is that is always it. <laughs> I have replaced top ends. Well, that doesn't sound good. No, that sounded like yeah, that sounded like sound like a metallic. That like, sounded like a skeleton jerking off in a yeah. coffee can. The uh, <laughs> there is nothing that sounds great about that motorcycle that just went by here. <laughs> but it's a panhead, so it's cool. Yeah, all the hipsters like it. Yeah, because it's a panhead. But it did sound awful. But the uh, <laughs> I have done. That is the funny thing is once you do a top end, once you do a top end voluntarily. It's not that uncommon to see it come back around again. And that's because you do you do have to break a performance kit in and you have to be gentle with it for a while. And nobody wants to do that. They just want to get out and rape the eight. Oh, that's a big block right there. <laughs> they bought two of those. Oh, yeah. That's TR2. Those are brand new, man. There was TR1. Is that still RNC money? I don't know where that money comes from. That's a that's a million dollar rig right there. Yeah, that's a there's a generator in the roof. There's yeah. air conditioning. Yeah. That's Tactical Rescue 2. Tactical Rescue 2, which is a giant RV for firemen. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yep. It's basically a stripper pole so in there and a leather couch. Little, <laughs> that one little panel on the side is the jaws of life and right. stuff. That yeah. I mean, realistically, when you look at that, that is a giant Bluebird RV for firemen. Yeah. Yeah. Inside, I mean, so you got the crew cab, which is a four, you know, four right. seats up there. Right. With all the, so I had to hook up the radio to the David Clark system, which is, same thing they put in airplanes. It's inside, that, you know, helicopters. Like so we can have a conversation. In you have tons a computer in the noise. front. You got a computer in the back. Yeah. You've got uh, uh, a big bench and then fold down benches where like probably six, seven guys could all sit in there if they had to in air conditioned comfort. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gaming uh, stations. Gaming station. <laughs> drop down hammocks. There was no big the, the massage TV. table. No bathroom, for, though. For the amount, there, there should be a head in there. That's what I'm like. You could have put a little closet here. Yeah, you at least, you know, I mean, you're out in on the scene. You're out working. Look at that thing. It's clearly a goddamn RV. It should have a goddamn. And those ones, the newer ones, at least they have a feature. On it. Well, they don't have an awning on those. They, the older right. ones. I saw a, the awning in the awning. Had an awning, so if you're on a yeah. scene for a long time, yeah. they're meant to be like, okay, we've got a warehouse fire. We're going to be here for. We're going to be here for days. Yeah. So that thing carries like several canisters of oh, oxygen yeah. and stuff like that. Did you work on that truck? Yes. That's cool. That's yeah. TR2. That's pretty cool. Now, I don't understand why it doesn't have the barbecue grill that comes out from the side, like all the proper RVs. Yeah, Joe. Joe. Yeah. You got you to gotta support these firefighters. 
Yeah, if, if yeah. you're gonna have a warehouse burning down and be out there for days, man, yeah. fucking kegerator <laughs> needs all of it. Needs oh, all yeah. of it, absolutely. Well, that's cool. Anybody else got anything else? I actually, well, that uh, I didn't drive that one. I drove TR1. Oh, you did? Yeah, pulled it in and out of the shop oh, and stuff okay, like yeah. that. It's, so, well, there's you're, you're driving a battleship at that point. I mean, I've oh, driven yeah. a lot of giant RVs. The, the well, anal... that, that that back truck that I showed yeah. you that looks like a something from Mad Max. It has, oh, a, yeah. you know what I mean. I drove that around the property and put it in the show. <laughs> <laughs> but every, everything now is, uh, you know, it's all automatics, Allison. Yeah. You know, like push button, drive. Oh, put off, put, put, take anybody off who would ever see United States military Hemet, you know, four wheels in the front, four wheels in the back, and all the fun in the middle, um, you'd see a Hemet and you'd be like, oh my God, that thing's got to be <laughs> insane to drive. No, it's literally, it's an automatic transmission. The air brakes are just. Dumb. You oh, too touchy. They'll it. throw you through the windshield. Right. And I used to drive those things down the Autobahn 65, 70 miles an hour, and I was 19 years old. They're like, guess what? You're now driving the Hemet. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I am so not qualified to drive this. No, I looked at your license. You passed the test. Here you go. <laughs> so you're driving the Hemet now. And what, what the fuck? I mean, I saw a bunch of Hemets going down the road, and I was going to Maryland and coming back. And I was like, I see these guys driving it. They're just... The tires are four feet tall. Yeah, right. You can't drive a Hemet without like smiling because <laughs> it's the funniest thing. You can look there's a little window down by your feet. So you oh, look really? at what you're about to run over. Yeah. <laughs> you can just be like, oh, she's a blonde. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cool. Yeah. Oh, a Corolla. <laughs> they thought that was funny. <laughs> Damn it's nice when we're getting a we're getting a Laughs. congratulatory Laughs. response right. from the Dunkin' Donuts across the street. Yeah. Yeah. We should start the wave. <laughs> all right i i don't have anything else man i think I that's a podcast small okay small. go ahead um long way up has been announced there they they, they mm. finally finished it I mean, i've seen the reviewing parties yeah and so um it's gonna be on apple tv okay and i apparently they're gonna release all the episodes at once smart yeah um and so if that's the case like i'm just gonna get that week free trial of apple oh TV. that's the right way to yeah, do it, do it. Mm. But, you know, it's like people make fun of them and they, you know, they say that it, it ruined adventure riding or, or it opened it up for the whole world or whatever. Yeah. But this one's going to be interesting because they're on the, the Harley Davidson now defunct Livewire. I don't uh, think the Livewire is defunct. I okay. think the it's, project that spawned the Livewire is defunct. defunct. So they're I, still going to sell them or they, what? I think that they're going to continue with the Livewire project okay. because it's the only thing that they've had that's generated really good press for them. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I and don't I'm sure see... that show is gonna once that once that yeah, hits. you have you okay when you've committed to that, yeah. It's generated you... good press, but as soon as people start riding them and review them against something like a zero or but any other they thing. They do that... okay, and that's mm. the thing I will tell you about the live wire. I've ridden them. It is different. It is not the same. It is too uh, here's the way I'm gonna say it. A live wire is too much exactly the same as a zero SRF. To cost twelve thousand dollars more, uh, okay. so yeah. it is too much exactly the same thing as a zero SRF to cost actually fifty fifty percent more. So if you tell me that I can have the exact same experience and better in many ways than the live wire on a bike that is more comfortable and fits me better for fifty percent less money, then I'm all over the zero. Right, right, and that's the big problem to me is that. The Zero does so many things, and the Livewire do so many things almost identically in their performance that it is a much, much better value to buy a $18,000 SRF 
than it is to buy a $30,000 live wire. So that's what it breaks down to, is you could almost buy two RS SRFs for the price of a live and, wire. And, and don't, live wires, you have maintenance. Like, you have gear there's oil things. things, yeah, right? There's, there's more maintenancey things. The yeah. cost of ownership for a live wire is definitely higher than a zero SRF. Right. And because the live wire charges at the world's slowest level one, mm -hmm. your house, or level three, which the level three chargers just aren't out there. Yeah, like so how are they gonna they're they gonna bring a truck that's got a generator in it? They did for they the did. they did for the they, the, they also said they really tried to do it without mm. the trucks. And right. so they also were knocking on people's doors right. like, Hi, we're traveling around the country. Can we plug our motorcycles in? But you know that <laughs> the level one charge time. No, for no. a live wire is going to be like 11 to 13 hours yeah. at least so, yeah I mean, so so which is perfect if you're making a motorcycle show about traveling yeah but if you're just a dude traveling you're gonna have a hard time <laughs> yeah. yeah if you're actually traveling yeah so right. as with the other ones it was like you know there was the whole scene in the in the original long way around right where you know you and charlie were calling uh well, are we going to be at what are, well, they tried to get a hold of KTM and right. KTM wouldn't give them bikes. Yeah. So they went with BMWs. Right. Right. Did they try to contact zero? No, I don't think because I ever... have to feel that if they contacted zero, they'd be on zero. I do, too. And I don't think that was ever an option. I think this entire adventure was probably bankrolled by oh. Ford Motor Company, a.k.a. with the Rivian product. Because there's electric trucks involved in this too, yeah. So I think Ford and Harley Davidson, and historically speaking, the official truck of Harley Davidson is Ford. So I think this is a giant red, white, and blue flag situation, where it came down to that. Which you could have kind of accomplished the same thing with Zero, considering it's made in America. Uh, you could have done that, but I don't think that was ever the intention. But, but I think it had to be, to be. It had to be some kind of a money thing because um, Charlie, Bo how do you say Borman or whatever? yeah, Borman, yeah, he's like. He's sponsored by one company, and then Ewan has been doing what? Triumph or He's something? He's been doing right? Moto Guzzi. Moto Guzzi, yeah. sorry, right. yeah. yeah. And so, like, it was really weird. Like, I, I was convinced right. when they announced it, it was going to be V85s. Oh, yeah, I yeah, was, yeah, like, yeah. 100%. No, yeah, okay. I, I didn't. That so, was really, really a, like, I think that this is Ford and Harley-Davidson. Yeah, like, I think they yeah. stepped in, and yeah. they were like, they did something. Oh, yeah. I don't think there was ever even a doubt as to what bike they were going to be taking. No. I don't think they had a plan to take a trip. No. Until somebody said... We need you to promote a product. Yeah. But and I'm sure the they're going to have a great story about how they had the idea Look, for the James trip. and I weren't planning on going across America until somebody with, until the madass guys were like, you know, if you drove one of these across America for us, James and I weren't like, you know, we're going to drive across America on 125s this year. Yeah. No, fuck that. It took, it took the marketing of the thing to make the adventure happen. Right. So that, that happens, man. So I think that's exactly what happened here. I think yeah. that Charlie and Ewan were busy counting their money on some other projects right. when somebody wrote them a check that you couldn't handle with both hands and they went well then fuck yeah i'll ride an electric bike from tierra del fuego to you know la right i'll do that for how much are you paying me yeah oh fuck yeah and charlie's single now so i mean or oh, not yeah, charlie yeah. sorry sorry you you and you and single yeah you and single yeah, it's a, so all the ladies are like yeah yeah so ladies viewership just went way up now yep. that ev's no longer there yeah. yeah that's it's true that's a that's good watching yep so, I question about Apple TV. Do you need to own that silly Apple TV device? No, because that's what I actually... Or is it now just streaming so on my they, Roku? When they announced it, I was like, fucking, I'm not buying this piece of yeah, hardware. I'm not going to buy a piece of hardware. Right. Yeah. They, did, they have released an app. So, you can download an app onto your Roku. So, there's your an Fire Apple TV app yeah. that yeah. I can build For into Android. a channel <laughs> that I can put onto my TCL yeah. Roku. Yeah. 
Oh my god. Oh, welcome to the world we well, live I in. I think Apple had to because they realized not yeah. enough people were going to buy their stupid hundred and fifty dollar fucking Apple box. No, the the lightly down squared Apple computer. Yeah, I mean that's all it is. Yeah, it's an Apple computer. But meanwhile, I got Apple like mini a Fire mini, Stick. It's an Apple Mini Mini. <laughs> I got a Fire Stick for nine dollars at Aldi. Right. You know, like a hundred and fifty dollar Apple TV. It was, you know, it was that or the uh, the pound of cashews. I right. really couldn't figure out which I wanted to buy. It was the pound of cashews or the Apple Fire st- or the Fire Stick. Mm, I don't know. We're into bill money when it comes to Apple oh. TV. That's that's too much. Put it all day. Yeah. Or it was the steel-toed work shoes. Because <laughs> Aldi has that one aisle. The, uh, the Aldi right. crazy aisle. Yeah. You never, the know, crazy aisle. never know what's going to be in there. Yeah. Right. Right. Chairs. I've seen motorcycle covers on a random day. <laughs> I know too. And it's been like, okay, can you tell me who makes Build the Gone impact drivers? Because I don't know who Build the Gone is, but it's $11. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a whole set of impact drivers and sockets and everything else. Yeah. Like, and and all these supposedly going all organic. So that, that impact driver will be an organic. organic impact driver. No GMO in the impact driver at all. Yeah. Can we? Good for at least one impact. Right. <laughs> honestly convinced and the funny thing is though i bought a pair of i bought a pair of the aldi rubber winter boots so i bought a like a pair of the aldi duck boots yeah right the insulate i they work yeah and they were nine dollars or whatever yeah man and then i like i bought various other aldi items i still at my house have the aldi leather jacket i bought from the Aldi that was under oh. my apartment when I lived in Germany. Oh, wow. So the all I mean, my apartment was a 10-story, you know, high-rise or whatever. But then at the bottom of it, we had oh, an Aldi. Yeah. And I went in there. I used to go in there, like, every day just to see what was up. And they had leather jackets one day. And the leather jacket was, like, 49 marks. Like, yeah. 50 marks. Which, at the time, marks were two to one. So it was, like, $25 leather jacket. Yeah. And it's a $25 members-only replica real <laughs> Mukau leather jacket. Yeah. And for 25 bucks. So I bought it. I still have it. It you still should. works. Yeah, wow. yeah. It's still a functioning leather jacket. Aldi does have good buyers. Yeah, yeah, so. they do. Yeah. You know what, yeah. Smith? We didn't get a joke, dude. I know we didn't get a joke. Oh, well, you know, it's too dark for jokes. Too I dark. Uh, I he only does light comedy. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, no. Fuck, man. Two weeks in a row. No Smith joke, dark man. jokes. Yeah. Well, if I had a flashlight. We have flashlights. We all have devices what grab the rope light we have an entire rope light by yeah the way. yeah that's true too i forgot about that yeah we, we can have oh uh-oh. Hey, he's got uh-oh. books oh well, i gotta i gotta bring out the books Sorry. oh my god <laughs> you know what it better be a goddamn good joke if yeah book. yeah yeah it better Wait, it better is telling it <laughs> that's true it's gonna be a magic because chris is telling it all i'm doing is telling it, it better be oh, better than rep- not, reptile not, dysfunction <laughs> no, look at all the, the, did you say reptile dysfunction? Reptile dysfunction. Uh, all right, quickie. All right. So Morris and Becky are. Both How about in the microphone yeah, so the people microphone. can hear okay, you? So Morris and Becky are both in their 80s and are residing at the long-term care facility called the home, and have started a friendship. That's a death sentence these days. <laughs> Every Friday afternoon at 2:15, Becky goes to Morris's room, closes the door, and holds his penis for 15 minutes. This goes on for four or five months. Is there going to be math? <laughs> One Friday at 2.15 sharp, she shows up at Morris's room. No Morris. Panicked, she runs down the hall, calling out, where's Morris? Where's Morris? One of the attendants finally stops her and says, Morris is down the hall in Zelda's room. 
Becky goes down to Zelda's room, opens the door, and there's Zelda with Morris holding his penis. Becky cries out, Morris, Morris, what are you, why are you doing this? Haven't I been good enough for you? What does she have that I don't have? Morris looks up at her and smiles and says, Parkinson's disease. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't hear it. Say the punchline one more time. What does she have that I don't have? Parkinson's disease. <laughs> <laughs> and on that, folks, remember to ride fast and take chances. I can't see the red light. <laughs>